it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Every sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. let you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Wait a minute, Mr. Wasteman. Wait, Mr. Wasteman. Mr. Wasteman, wait for me. I want a cape without apology. That's all I've got. <laughs> Isn't this, but you did um, Sister Act last week. Yeah, but this was, this is just the, the classic tunes, really. But this was in Sister Act. You'll find a lot of songs were in Sister Act. Fine. I just to say, <laughs> this is another Sister Act week, so we're, we're definitely, we've got that Sister Act bug still. Oh, I love Sister Act. Gosh, it's just amazing. Amazing. And they honoured her in, I don't know if you saw this article or this magazine that she was in. Oh, she looks really pretty. You think? Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah, she looked really nice. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. Each to their own. I just, I, I, I wasn't a fan of the whole creative direction. It was just it. something different for her. Yeah, does what be our kids? Um, I don't know. Does she? Okay, I need to do my research. We're always asking questions that we should read. Like we should. Do we know. actually just check? Yeah, yeah we should, we should just check. actually just check. I think maybe I don't know. I don't know. This it goes to show just how little I. I look into like celebrities. I just don't know a lot about many of them. I know stuff about Viola Davis, but even then that's rather limited. Yeah, but, but I, th- I think we all expect to be spoon fed when it comes to celebrity lives. But I'm very sure Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have children. You know what? She can actually just look because yes, this will then mean please. that people then don't have to start tweeting and, and sending like long soliloquies about what she does have. Or saying Sadiq is Nidia. Oh, she does. She has one child, Alex Martin. Oh. Yeah. Oh, she's hmm. been married a few times. That's interesting. Oh. <laughs> did, you, did you see that shady post about Katie Price? No. <laughs> Katie Price has been, is now engaged for the seventh time. <laughs> oh, but, but let me you, tell you something. Elizabeth Taylor was like eight times, wasn't she? Was that Henry VIII's wife? Okay. I'm not doing it. Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Why are you going so far back? We're talking about we're talking about twenty first century. Elizabeth Taylor, the actress. Oh my god! Oh, the one in Austin Powers. Was Elizabeth Taylor? No, the sexy one that she's she gives you Gillian Anderson vibes. Isn't that Liz, Liz Hurley? Hurley. Oh you my god! I'm actually so bad. You can't live life on vibes. No, but let me tell you something about Katie Price, right? Because you know she's engaged for the seventh time. Yes. Everyone makes fun of white people, how they love and how they like, you know, break up and get yeah. back, get get with someone else two months after. But actually, that's the kind of love I aspire to. <laughs> Let me tell you, no, because actually, when you, when I think about it, what's the word for Katie Price? She's very, um, what's that? She's very resilient. Oh, yeah? I'm going to say buoyant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's 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 very resilient. Do you get I me? Mean, why is it us like? Oh, we get we get heartbroken one time and then it takes us two years to heal. Katie Price is she's up, back out, back <laughs> on the prowl. She don't give a damn. She's got a baby there. Do you get what I mean? So I think we should all take a lesson from okay. her 
book or whatever you want to call it. Just live your life. Just live your life. Doesn't GC how many style. Times, GC style, do you get what I mean? Yeah. K, Katie Price style. Doesn't matter yeah, how many KP times you get style. married. Like, like people shouldn't even watch that. And honestly, if, if that if that was me, and then they're putting the my seventh engagement on there, I'm cussing you out. What does what does it being my seventh engagement have to do with anything? But it's factual, isn't it? That is your I, seventh it's, engagement. It's factual, but this is the only engagement I'm recognizing today. So why why do we have to talk about the six others? But we didn't talk about the six others. We just said that this is your seventh. seventh. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's so on top of the six. <laughs> Because oh. we can't say it's your first engagement. <laughs> You'll have to say what number engagement it is. True, you could just be like, Katie Price is engaged. Yes, and that's... Again. And that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Katie Price is engaged and you say who she's engaged to so that we know that it's yeah, not true, the other true. person that we saw two months ago. You know, <laughs> we, we know that it's someone <laughs> completely new. But no, seriously, seriously, she, she teaches me a lot on that. I know, like, no... Nah, I'm not gonna complain when you know the talking stage doesn't go right. Ah, uh, yeah, just I keep, just think, go, keep it going. But that's the thing. I think that people just put a lot of pressure on themselves, yes. and I think that the way that the institution of marriage is mm. kind of wielded and and um, and held over and lorded over people's heads, I beg. That's really like that's why so many people stay in unhappy marriages mm-hmm. and things like that because they're like, well, if I leave, everyone will be like, oh, it didn't work out. Now what will you do now? Guess your life is over. <laughs> when actually, literally, people's lives just move on. Yeah. And people's then, lives just move on yeah. and um you look at people who are like on their third fourth marriages and they're just like yeah every time i learn something different and i grow and i become better or not <laughs> and i'm just thinking to myself every time so you're paying to learn these lessons <laughs> <laughs> weddings are not cheap weddings are not have, cheap you don't even have to have a wedding Fair enough, but even marriages in general, they're yes, not cheap. Marriages Do you get what I mean? They're not yeah. cheap. I, I think about like, you know, you, you, you let's say you've got a house and you decide to, you meet someone and you decide to buy a house with them. Like yeah. things like that can really put you out of pocket. Like yeah. love is, love can fuck shit up. And it's, it's interesting that we're... Okay, okay. You're coming out with and song. take over your mind. Okay, Monica. That was Eve, but okay. Oh, Eve. <laughs> You're making this really... You know, she gave, she gave a speech at DMX's funeral. Oh, did she? She gave a very heartfelt speech. Um, rest in peace, DMX again. Him, uh, her, sorry, and Swiss Beats. Aww. He gave a very heartfelt speech. And um, one of his daughters... He had loads of kids, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, one of his daughters um, rapped as well. Oh. Kanye West designed the set. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. She's, she's a little girl, sis. She rapped. She wanted to just give a tribute to... I don't know why. <laughs> it's the way that I'm saying. <laughs> it's the way he said it. I'm so sorry. I'm she wanted so to sorry. give a tribute to her daddy. I'm so sorry. I'm just. I just. All I'm saying yet, yeah, like, uh, look, I'm, I'm being. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm still being respectful. I'm still being respectful. Let me tell you this. I'm so sorry. Never. God forbid I go before my time. But none of y'all, none of y'all bitches, none of y'all niggas be- best. Don't even dare. Don't even dare oh to bust out in a rap at my funeral. I will wake up straight away. <laughs> Do you mean? Oh, I'm Jeremy crying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's the way that I just did. <laughs> yeah, they're going to drag you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. <laughs> It's just the imagery of someone <laughs> rapping. 
at a funeral. <laughs> at a funeral. But at the same time, I need to check myself because who said that funerals have to be somber, you know? <laughs> funerals don't have to be somber. And that's what your father was known for. Like, that's what... He was person, known for rapping. Yeah, the person that you love. Oh, my God. His tears were streaming. His tears were streaming. That's oh, what the person that you love... You. That's what the person that you love was known for. So I totally, um, I get it. I get it. I just feel like my, the way that I've been, I guess, socialized and conditioned in this country <laughs> is just weird to me. But I understand it. And I think that, you know, when you go to other countries and you see how they have funerals, it's really, really celebratory. It, and yes. It's really fun. It could almost even look like carnival. So, oh my um, God. So I think okay. that some, some places do. And and even in our culture, like, you know, like how even over here in the Western, the global West, they wear black, mm. like funerals. We don't wear black. We don't wear black. Well, we wear Ankara. Yeah, we wear Ankara, but the colour's usually like white or something else because oh, yeah. it's it's about celebrating and even when we talk about on an energetic level you don't want um a color that absorbs so much energy you want one that kind of reflects it yeah and reflects it and sends it sends it away so we, we would ideally wear white so yeah i just i just thought that it just caught me off guard but you know some people have like you know um dances you know lyrical dances where they kind of interpretive yeah yeah i, I kind of feel like tiktok dances are somewhat interpretive they, they yeah. look quite like interpretive dogs i'm like okay this yeah. is really 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 interesting so but, yeah you know ranges it, of things happen yeah, yeah. and his his, his his funeral um they're saying that swiss beats looked like he wanted to really say something say something yeah because apparently there is a lot of um arguments going mm. happening behind the scene regarding his will or the lack of or the lack thereof yeah um and obviously this is causing issues because he's got like 18 kids okay so imagine someone dying without a will. But I mean, the funeral's not really where you want to say all of that, ideally. Well, but, so Swiss yeah, Beach should hold himself, and the Swiss Beach should also consider, we should be home back then. And I could <laughs> consider how you and Alicia got your bits together. Oh, okay? uh, uh, come so, on. That has, that, that ain't got nothing to do with DMX. You just, you just wanted to, <laughs> you just wanted to bring that in because let me tell you, they were happily co-parenting with that lady, with that other girl, with that other woman, sorry. Yeah. And it was fine. So please, yeah. well, saying... for eight years, eight years, <laughs> you had, you had your, and meanwhile, she was singing to us and doing all she was doing. You don't know my name, but Swiss knew your name. He knew <laughs> he your name. Did. He knew your and name. He knew what he was ordering as right, well. Right, but he? I guess, you know, there we go. We'll, yeah, we'll be no. talking a lot about cheating with integrity, so we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to that. Cheating at a later, with integrity. We'll get to that at a later point. But in case you don't know, and you're like, "Rah, who are these people just randomly talking?" It is I, Kalechi. Don't fucking call me that. My name is Kalechi, in the basketball place to be. <laughs> with me, Sadiq. And this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right. Suck your mum. And yeah, thanks for coming back. And if you're just joining for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome hi guys yes baby boys baby girls baby non-binaries i hope you're having a wonderful wonderful um start to your week if you're listening to this at the beginning of the week um they're listening to this for the first time they're thinking what is going on yeah and probably you were just like why was she laughing (laughs) to to that extent but honestly sometimes things just catch you things just catch you that's happened to me quite a few times i think that was last episode actually yeah you you said something mr nash Nash. i was out i was out so yeah I get it. And actually, you know, sometimes you just need a good laugh as well because just before we started re- um, recording, I was actually pissed off because the Daily Fail have a story about the fact that I'm going to be, um, well, I was, I've, I've been asked to do the Oxford, um, is it Oxford Union, Oxford Student Union, Oxford? 
or come to me. Oxford. Some, yeah, um, the debate. You know the de- debates that happened there. Um, and the title of it being the um, the house should abolish um, the monarchy. Um, this house should abolish the monarchy. And I would be speaking for for that. But um, things were still in the works. I hadn't actually said like boom, 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 let's go. And then the Daily Fail is out here reporting that yeah, I'm set to do it. And rare, rare, rare. And but the picture that they used of me was cute. But that's mainly because most pictures of me are cute. Um, but yeah, I love that the picture I'm wearing a hoodie that says spiritually on crud because I, whether they realize it or not, they are also helping to manifest <laughs> what's going to happen. But what I find so interesting is that Daily Mail, they're very particular with the sort of pictures that they want to choose from you. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they, they, they really want to radicalize you as much as possible. Yes, the yes. first that I will never forget when they post that picture of you doing the black <laughs> manifest. I know you've got the blackberry on looking like a black man. That was, and of all the pictures all you have, the pictures. they trolled through. I'm just happy there's, there's, there's a, particular album that they didn't find <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones that we they should, they should find that one they should find that, that was it's barbie bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh they wait even those ready. pictures are no it's the, the they makeup are cute. was not they the are makeup cute. was not blended my god no nah, once once you put the year on it people you you, you people get understand. Where, yeah people understand there's no way you'll get yeah. obviously you get you you know the, the usual drags which is which is fair enough, enough, fair enough yeah. you know but, but then when you said what 2011 yeah 2011 but uh, my high-waisted pencil skirt was cute my my little, <coughs> my, little oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> my little pencil skirt was cute but um yeah the only thing that annoys me when the daily fell do that is because then you start getting emails from fucking racists um thinking that they're making points you know and they'll start typing all of this stuff and you're just like just fuck off just fuck off go and play in traffic fuck off the worst ones are the ones that think that they're hearing your side. Yes. And then they try and present their side, which just means that you totally did not even hear my side because if you did hear my side... You wouldn't have your side. Perfect. But you know what? It's what it is. Um, We're still figuring that out, but big up my agent for when they she was approached for comments, she was just like, behave yourself. But they obviously still did not behave themselves anyway. But we move, we move, um, we move. I think all of this was started because I was um, interviewed for Vanity Fair um, just Ooh. after that, Megan and Harry interview came out and the piece came out last week. So there would have been conversation around that for the fact that it's in Vanity Fair as well. But it is what it is. You know, I said what I said. And um, should I be going ahead um, and debating that the only aim is to look sickening, you know? Period. Make points, but just look sickening. Because nobody, rarely do people remember exactly what you said. But they they always remember if you dropped a sickening outfit. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, let's let's get into the tarot then. So this week is interesting because I didn't actually like. I've been go, I've been having so many like spiritual um, encounters is what I would call them and discovering so much. None of which I will share at this time, but I've just learned a lot about myself and my purpose here. Or I've learned new information about myself and my purpose mm-hmm. here. And it kind of catches you off guard because you're just like, rah, but I just kind of would say this stuff casually, not realizing that actually it's slightly different for me and rare, 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 rare. But I think it grounds me, grounds me in certain ways. But yeah, it's just all very interesting. So this week I was just like, spirit, come through and say what you need to say right now. And we'll go from there. And so the first card that came out, it's really interesting. I've just got lots of like 
it's the king and then it's the knight all depicted in the after tarot deck as um because i'm using the after tarot deck not the lisa star modern witch tarot deck this week the after tarot deck it's designed to look like the original Rider Waite deck, but we're seeing what happens like a moment after the initial um, drawing. So this is what they would imagine is happening. So the first card that we've got is the King of Cups. In the traditional deck, the Rider Waite deck, the king is holding, the king is on a throne that, um, and there's lots of water around the throne. And like, it's like the throne is in the middle of the, the sea and there you can see ships in the background and the fish is just being submerged in water but in the original deck the um king is holding his cup upright but in this deck the king's cup that he's holding in his right hand is actually spilled is spilling into the water and he just seems like he's deep in thought not really focused on what's happening and so the message i get from this um to begin with is that some of you um usually are in control of your emotions you're really rather aware of where you know um of what's happening with you but right now you might not feel like you are it feels very very like water like obviously cups emotions but it feels very very scorpio like energy as well so it could be a scorpio rising it could be a scorpio moon i don't know or a scorpio sun but it feels like more of the things that you appear to be doing or the things that you don't necessarily show to the world um but yeah, just like the energy is that of somebody that usually appears or maybe they appear to be in control of their emotions, but deep down or inside, they don't ha actually have a hold on things and everything just feels a bit all over the place at the moment. And the fact that there's lots of water around them as well makes me think of the kind of situation where everything is actually going really well. So you can't explain to people or articulate to them why you don't quite feel... 100% because if you were to tell people um well I've got a great job I've got a great life I'm healthy I look great I'm you know everything's cool I feel I that you know everything on the surface looks cool yet I just feel like fuck this it's very hard to articulate that because the moment you try to explain that to people instantly they go well your life's so great you should learn to be grateful for the things that you have and da, 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 da. and all you want to say is fuck off because nobody said i wasn't grateful but I, at the same time i still feel like something isn't quite there and for some people they might just be like they've got everything that they desire in terms of like what they want work-wise life-wise rare, rare, rare but maybe in terms of like relationship wise they don't quite have that and that is why the king is here just looking a bit down because and then there's i'm looking at the the fish on his um necklace as well so it feels pisces like as well um but it's the fact that they've they've got all the things but it's just like mm, yeah well yeah yeah sure and so the cup is just spilling not paying attention to the fact that the cup is spilling and it's spilling into more waves of you know the cup that he's holding on his knee is spilling into the sea below him so it's just kind of like everything is meld met, like merging into everything else and not quite having an idea of what's going on and then we've got the knight of cups and we see the knight of cups here by a waterfall um again fish all depicted on his clothing and he's actually drinking from his cup but the, this comes out in reverse. And you know how sometimes they say that you can take the horse to water, but you can't force the horse to drink. This is coming out in reverse saying that this is the situation here. That you know the work that you need to do in order to recalibrate your emotions and to recalibrate your mental state. 
thinking that you'll do it tomorrow, that you'll do it tomorrow, that you'll do it tomorrow. It's not going to really get you anywhere. Like you've, if you're serious about really having all of the things that you desire and and figuring out what it is that doesn't feel 100% for you, you know that maybe it's a little bit of therapy here, you know, if you if you are privileged enough, if you are if you are able to access it in that way. Um these little things could help just being more aware of where you are expending energy as well because this is what the king of cups gives, the fact that they have so much love and they have so much to give to the world and to give into relationships but usually go and pour it all in spaces that they shouldn't be pouring it into that they need to save for themselves and then when i see this knight of cups drinking out of the cup by the waterfall and it's in reverse it just kind of makes me think as well apart from the fact that you can you know what you need to do and you're not doing it also makes me feel like don't don't overindulge don't get high on your own supply like you if you can have you can feel lots of things but it's a it's also about knowing how to moderate and um, in what you're feeling basically knowing how to control it knowing when and who to share certain emotions with things like that but not letting it overwhelm you because sometimes we feel things that aren't actually based in reality you know just because you have some and i'm talking like that talking about that from somebody with lots of scorpio placements my god i'm water all the way through right let me get an idea in my head that somebody doesn't like me. There is nothing you can do. You can show me all of the facts. You can show me about Kelechi. In 2013, they did this for you. And then in 2016, they did this. I don't care. Because as far as I'm concerned, I've gotten it into my head that they don't like me. And you can't tell me anything else. And I have to check myself when I get into that state because then I'm just like, oh, I don't, suddenly people feel like, oh, she's pulling away from me. She doesn't, you know, she's being very closed off. And it's usually because I've come to the conclusion that, mm, no, I don't trust them. And I have to ask myself, is it because they've done something that makes me not trust them? Or is it just an easier position for me to assume that it's the safest position for me to take on that people can't be trusted? The world is not a safe space. So I'm going to stay where I am using that as an excuse to not actually connect with people and then stay where I am. So it's these things we need to ask ourselves because then the card that we get, that's the major arcana card in this reading is the lover's card. And I think that that's beautiful. A true meeting of the minds, a true meeting of kindred souls, but also it kind of signifies us coming home to ourselves. Like we, ex the things that we externalize that we're fearful of in the world are actual, um, are actually internal conflicts that are happening. And so if we're able to make some kind of, um, I guess, peace with ourselves and peace with the parts of us that scare us, then the outside world doesn't look so scary because every facet that we find in other people, there is a facet of that within ourselves. I say that like very loosely. I'm not saying that if there's you find a mass murderer, then you two are a mass murderer. But I'm just saying that there are aspects of ourselves that we actually can see in other people. And if those um, parts of us are linked to shame, or fear then that is all that's going to be amplified to us when we see those facets in other people um and i feel like ultimately as well the love that you're searching for is also searching for you it's good to remember that that while you're sulking because oh you know your romantic life might not be popping the way that you want it to right now and you feel like well i've got everything else why can't i find the right person understand that the right person is also trying to find you i say right quote unquote right right well the person that 
at this stage in your life that you feel like you'll be spiritually attuned to they're also trying to find you but everyone has to go through their own journey of things before they get to a space where if you're looking for that healthy relationship ideally that person is also doing the work for a healthy relationship everybody has to do the work to have the healthy relationship that they want and then eventually you'll gravitate to each, each other because while you're doing those healthy things it will lead you down certain paths, maybe to certain events, maybe towards other people that will then ideally bring you to this person. But you can't be saying, no, I want that so much. I want that. I want that so much. But you're unwilling to travel the path that will take you to it or you're unwilling to drink the medicine that's in your cup that will heal you so you can get on your way and go and get the things that you want. The card that we get from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck is come to the edge, number 36. It says here, Facing the unknown is the only choice you really have right now if you want to progress. Look at that. It's okay to be afraid. Look at that. Now is the time to take a risk that is not calculated to feel the exhilaration as you ready yourself for a leap of faith. Spirit is present, so let go of fear. You are called to express your true self. Listen to your heart and soul, not your head. Come to the edge and discover that you can fly. You must step into the unfamiliar so that you may find your miracles relationship message says here it's scary to be truly intimate with someone to allow him or her to see all of you especially the parts that you've kept hidden and protected now is the time to take that risk and let yourself be seen truly seen it's important that you speak up voice what you need state who you are say what you hope for this is not the time to play it safe but to take a leap of faith you'll be glad you did if you're seeking a relationship the same applies Take one step towards the gods and they will deliver when you true what you truly desire. Prosperity message says, if ever, if ever there was a time for you to take a leap of faith into the unknown, it is now. This is the perfect moment to take a big risk. Take that lightly because any of you that go and use this to go and buy Bitcoin and complain tomorrow, <laughs> don't fucking come my way, right? I didn't tell you that. I'm speaking generally. Um, the unknown is the only choice right now. And if you come to the edge, you will discover treasure beyond your wildest dreams. Allow your courage to lead you in spite of your fears. You don't need to know the exact form of what you're going for. The essence is much more powerful and spirit has a way of delivering an even better version of prosperity than you could imagine. Take that step. The results will be amazing. Um, protection message here says, fear is leading you. Um, fear is leading the way into places you don't need to go. Most of what you fear at the moment is an illusion stemming from an old belief that isn't even true. Look at that. Now is the time for courage. You will not be lost at sea. You will not watch everyone else get what you want while you are left alone and unloved. I want to wheel that back up, Selector, because it says here, you will not be lost at sea. What's the first card that we have? The King of Cups sitting on his throne that is like literally floating on the sea. You won't be lost in the sea of your emotions. That's me talking now. You won't be lost in the sea of your emotions if you just happen to acknowledge that they're there. Um, back to this, it says, um, yeah, you will not be lost at sea. You will not watch everyone else get what you want while you are left alone and unloved. Oh, the drama of it all. False evidence appearing real is hovering over you. The more you dwell on fear, the more real it will become. Ask yourself, who in me is afraid? Love that part of you. Ask, is this true and real right now? The answer, most likely, is no. Give yourself a hug. It's okay to be scared. Courage must be summoned. In spite of your fear, even when you're not feeling confident, spirit will always catch you. And I think that that's a word. Some of you might just be feeling really, really just tender right now. 
And I think that's why the King of Cups came out and then the Knight of Cups came out in reverse because you're not even willing to go to the waterfall to fill your cup back up. Instead, you're pouring out all that you have into the sea of everything else and you're not quite sure what's going on or what's happening. I wonder where Neptune is right now. I think I need to remember where Neptune is right now, but it feels like that's that kind of Neptunian energy at the moment. Um, the, mes uh, the message that you got from the Black Angel cards by Zendru Earthlin Manuel says, um, you are flowing with what's natural for you. On the waking path, you're attuned to nature. On the sleeping path, you're controlling. All praises to the medicine woman. You can take something troubling and turn it into medicine with your understanding of nature. You see the magic of nature and thus are aware that whatever comes into being will one day cease to exist. Your understanding of this mystery of life helps you to see when things have gone awry. You have existed throughout the centuries and have gathered wisdom in many lifetimes. And because we know you so well from ancient times, we recognise you and are often at your feet in soul pain. You come to us in your glory, not with mercy or pity, but with genuine compassion. To you, everything on earth can be used in healing. On your waking path, your soul is in sync with nature. You feel completely comfortable with what you are doing and where you are in life. As medicine woman, you have knowledge of how to use what is around you and within you, so, the, um, so be the herbalist or the diviner. You know that when the soul is attuned to nature or in harmony with the environment, it is a soul, it is a soul that is well. People rely heavily on your knowledge of how to cope with the world around us. You are aware that some people refuse medicine. They do not understand that their ailing souls are caught in what is not true, not natural, or it's out of balance for them. You often see people struggling with life. You have great compassion for those who are constantly battling against their true nature. You understand that those who are marginalised in society are often dancing between the true self and the self that conforms to survive in mainstream society. This dance is sometimes a struggle between aspects of our cultural heritage and our true nature that was present upon our birth. Sometimes we can feel that we are doing what's natural for us and then down the road we discover that we have lost an important aspect of our beauty. Medicine woman, you know this loss can lead to ailments and an extended stay on the sleeping path. When you are on the sleeping path, you may find yourself trying to control everyone and everything around you. You're trying to create nature rather than discover it. This can bring you personal discomfort and agitation as you attempt to control what ails you. Controlling eliminates your achievement to what is natural for you, keeping you searching for remedies for everyone but yourself. If you are burned out, ill, walking dead, then go back to nature, back to allowing nature to teach you, back to where your true essence lives. If you've been caught up in the constant busyness of life, the wilderness is waiting for your wildlife to emerge. Remind yourself how easy it is to access the medicine that is of the earth. Remind yourself of the flow of water and the flexibility of it, how transparent water can be. Have you become rigid or clouded by stories in your mind? You cannot see what's natural with your eyes as much as this medicine you carry is felt in your heart. Um, in selecting this card, you may have an acute need to find a remedy for every problem. You are not willing to face the fact that there may not be a remedy, but in fact, what ails you needs to be ridden out. Try not to be so quick to find the cure for things you find difficult to cope with. See if you may find curing others something you do when you cannot tolerate your own discomfort. The sky is vast and so is the source of healing medicine that is available to someone who is, a, who is, as, um, who is as attuned as you, medicine woman. Bring your life down to earth beneath the trees 
throw out the masks and come back to the original face. Your comfort zone is with your natural self. You may need to recover parts of yourselves that were covered up or pushed away to assimilate into life around you. Have you done the things you wanted to do and still experience emptiness inside? That's the King of Cups energy. Then ask, what are the things you feel called to do? Ask until an answer unfolds beyond a job, beyond a purpose you could not have imagined. Feel deep into the dark unknown of your heart and see what yourself and um, see what of yourself steps forward. As medicine woman, you remind us that we have an infinite and resounding relationship with nature. Your presence in our lives brings peace and serenity. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that that sums up the message perfectly. Like all of this emotion, all of this pouring, pouring, pouring yourself into other people, pouring yourself everywhere, but um, yourself, like not looking at yourself and what you need and refusing to drink the medicine that you're so ready to give and administer to everybody else. And also feeling like, you know, like I said at the beginning, everything is great, but I just still don't feel 100%. But because maybe there's another aspect of you that's calling out that's just like, yeah, we've got all of these things, but maybe all of these things aren't necessarily all that we want. Maybe we want other things um, and we can have them if we if you're only able to identify that part of yourself that you keep hidden. So yeah, that's the message for this week. <clears throat> I came across a saying the other day. Mm -hmm. It went something like, make sure you're always pouring into your cup yeah. and be very picky as to who you let take a sip. Nice. I was like, a word. I word. Oh my God, it makes me think of slam poetry. Okay. I want to do a bit of slam poetry. Okay. You know the... But you don't even like getting on stage. I can get on stage. I okay. just, you know, I just, I don't like getting on stage, but I can get on stage. I'm one of those people that I can do really well, like public speaking, but I hate it. Okay. I hate every moment of it whilst I'm in it. And people are like, oh, but Siddiq, you, were, you looked like you were all right. Yeah, I looked like I was okay. <laughs> but like, even to do presentations at work or get up to talk to in front of people at work, I hate it. But when I'm in it, I'm just like, everyone's like, oh, you look like you're having so much fun. I'm like, not really. Yeah. It's the Pisces in me. It's the Pisces. It's that also all of that water. How did it resonate with you? I'm just shifting myself around. The the message? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I think just like I said, with that it, it tied in with that saying that I heard. Yeah. Um so yeah, you just have to you have to look after yourself, you know. Yeah. You have to look after your mental health just as much as your physical health. And you know, I, I go to the gym five days a week. Yeah. So I'm not looking after my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere near that much but you know i i need to to start you yes. know yeah to start but i get enough sleep so you know people always forget i think we always downplay the importance of sleep no you sleep know, is very very important need to sleep and then all of this whole hustling no oh, i need to have multiple streams of income it has a lot of people up to 3 a.m look i've got one stream of income and i'm sleeping eight hours a day probably <laughs> There's not, you're not going to, you're not going to stop me from getting my eight hours in. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, true. So sleep guys, sleep, sleep, sleep. Sleep. But First if you're now sleeping, anyways. sleeping as a way to um, distract yourself from your emotional things. Oh, then, yeah, then, we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, it, then it becomes a problem. Don't sleep too much. Right. About six, about, you want about, you want about six to seven. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's how much they reckon. The, yes. They reckon that's for true. Adults. Yeah. It's true. About six to seven. So um, on that note of mental health, though, I'll just pick up this week's show sponsor who are Better Help. Um, and I just think that that's the perfect time. Really. I thought that that reading really, really, especially with um, 
um, the, the region that we've got this week, especially talking about emotions and feeling emotions and how to deal with them and stuff. Um, it's great that BetterHelp are this week's show sponsor. So um, it says here that um, BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P, um, care, obviously, about anything that's interfering with your happiness and preventing you from achieving your goals. Um, and BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's literally professional counselling done securely online. And I think that that's important as well, because when we watch TV and stuff, you see a lot of like people sitting in their therapist um, offices, their therapist's offices, and, you know, they're even lying down on the sofa or sitting there and just looking very stern, very like, you know, matter of fact, when actually nowadays with BetterHelp, you can actually do it through an app. And I've tried BetterHelp and I honestly definitely recommend it because anywhere that you can get it in, like the same effort that we put into so many other things, like some of you will go and chase down the latest trainers. And I don't know why they do that. They make you sign up for a wait list for you to get specific trainers. I think it's mad, but you'll put all of the work in to do that, but you don't want to sign up for an app that you can actually just use in your yard wherever you are and um and and get support just have somebody listen to the things that you ne- don't necessarily want to share with friends or you don't want to share with family or sometimes you don't you haven't even identified yourself you just feel a particular type of way and you have somebody to talk about it with and i think that that's really important um there are a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas and the service is available for clients worldwide you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor you'll get timely and thoughtful responses plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy um, better help is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and also they've got financial aid available visit their website betterhelp.com that's better h-e-l-p.com forward slash your mind betterhelp.com forward slash your mind and you can join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Um, They're currently recruiting even more um, therapists as well because so many people are signing up to the service and I think that that's really, really important. This week for Share Your Magnificence, I'm speaking with Sharice Beaumont, um, who is the CEO, Chief Executive of Black Lives in Music, or you could also say Black Lives in Music. It's great. So what is it? But basically, the Black Lives in Music survey is a groundbreaking first ever survey of a black musician's experience in the UK. And it's meant to address the lack of opportunity and barriers um, to black musicians progression within actual data. So they're appealing for as many black musicians as possible to fill in the survey, provide the hard data that will serve as a game changer um, for just everything really. Um, It was a very, very cute conversation and you get to listen to it now. Hi, Sharice. Lovely to be speaking with you um, about such an important, such an important campaign and for, you know, being out here and, you know, putting out, um, I guess, a channel, a vessel that people can express themselves through to let us know about their experience. So we're talking about, you know, Black Lives in Music, um, of which you are the CEO. Yes. 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 And um, how did that come about for you? Because obviously you know, so much is happening in the world, but what made you think, no, let's talk about music. Let's talk about, let's get a survey out to talk about what's happening within music. 
So, so, I mean, I have been involved in the music industry for around about just like over 15 years now. I had my own label management company, you know, done extremely well. Um, and um, I sit on a board of a, a, one of the largest uh, UK music charities, um, but they specialize more in jazz and classical music. So I come from a hip hop background. So it was interesting to see that world. But what I noticed were there's some issues, especially in around diversity. Obviously, with the uh, resurgence of the civil rights movement last year, and um, with the murder of George Floyd, um, a lot of these organisations, commercial music organisations, started to reach out to people of colour that work in the music industry, such as myself. And I wanted to create a business case um, just to help one of these organisations, and I couldn't find any data. Wow. There was nothing on black musicians, their ex- lived experience. There was nothing on black musicians at all. And I thought, oh, this doesn't seem right. Um, so I thought, you know, someone's got to start it. Let's get started and let's create this survey that will, we hope, amplify and empower black musicians to use their voice and open the doors for them to have, take their rightful place in the music industry. As you know, there are issues in regard in every um, industry in regards to um, the glass ceiling, mm. you know. But we at Black Lives in Music don't call it the glass ceiling. We call it the glass door, meaning in certain spaces, especially in jazz and classical, you can't even get through. Mm. So this survey is for all musicians, all music creators, whether you're a radio, a podcast a host <laughs> or a radio DJ or um, you work in admin or marketing in the music industry, as well as being a musician or a producer or as someone who plays or studies music. We want to hear from black music and music creators, their voice, their experience, so we can lobby and campaign on the behalf of our people in the music industry. Well, that's, I think it's phenomenal. And I think it's great work that's being done because like you say, if there's no data, and that's what we noticed with this um, race report that came out, they were like, oh, well, if there's no data, then how can we say, even though we know there's data, but they'll be like, oh, if there's no data, how can we say that there's institutional racism? So if we're actually collecting data, if we're collating data from different industries, then there's proof that, hey, it's happening over here as well. So it's, and it's happening over here. So. Clearly, it's happening everywhere. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things what we, you know, one of the things when we came out of the outset is that this data has got to be irrefutable yes. because they, <laughs> the, the music industry or any industry will, you, you know, all of a sudden anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. is not good enough. With that all of a sudden lived all experience sudden. no longer matters no, lived experience doesn't matter you didn't see the entire of england <laughs> and the uk completely come out of their house to march and protest but you know institutional racism doesn't exist so you know what this is why data is important and you know we we like i said we we came up with this con um the survey um last year um july so this is not off the back of what happened with the SeaWorld report. So we understand the value of data and how it can be used. And thankfully, we're in the right spaces where we can leverage and form policies and actions with organisations to see change for black musicians. 
that's yeah I think that that's wonderful somebody might ask you know because we've seen like different um you know initiatives and things coming up where they either use matter or they use something like black lights right and they say oh you know well are we diluting the message but why was it important for you in this to, to you know to have this survey and to have this specific title what was it for you there that was integral to to, to this project I mean, for us, obviously, there's the Black Lives Matter movement, which have done an amazing job and they've spearheaded and inspired us all and inspired the world. And for us, it wasn't to copy their name or even tail off what they were doing. It was literally, we're doing what it says on the tin. Yes. Black lives in music or Black lives in music. That's who yes. we are. We yes. want to be able to communicate our history, our our presence, our, our impact on the UK music industry and worldwide and globally. And we're not going to be ignored anymore. So we, we, we're doing what it says on the tin. We, you know, we, we are amplifying black lives in music. Yeah, and I think that that's what's amazing that you can that, that we talk about black lives in music and black yes. lives in music because when we talk about jazz, even because you know you you said that you know this is how this all came to be initially classical and jazz um, musicians are sort of like looking at this. Um, even when we look at jazz, I mean, we could go to classical, but let's just look at jazz, like its origins in blackness and, and, and where it kind of went to there and the access or lack thereof that black musicians in this day and age have to something that they were part of, their ancestors were part of creating. Absolutely. I think um, this came from um, a, a friend of mine and, and you know, she's, she's white and she said, you know, we've colonised the jazz music industry. <laughs> and, you know... It, that's coming from your mouth, but that is literally what it is. I'm quoting her, everybody who is listening. But the mm. truth, that is the truth. It's, it, it was a music, a music, an art form that came from pain and mm. suffering and how we expressed ourselves. And now you can't even get a black musician into a jazz orchestra wow. in this country. That's why we see the polarization of black orchestras rising up you've got in classical music chinake in yes. jazz jazz in jazz you've got tomorrow's warriors these are awesome um organizations academy julian joseph's academy doing great work for people of color yeah but unfortunately not therefore it's causing a polarization because white people go there and people of um diverse backgrounds go in these academies, why it shouldn't be so. Yeah. It should be, we should be one. If we love music, it should be, we should be blended and we should all be playing music together. But yeah. unfortunately, that's not the case. And that's why Black Lives in Music exists. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm so thankful that you're doing this. And so, you know, encouraging all the listeners, all the baby girls, all the baby boys, all the baby non-binaries, if you're involved in music in any way to go, I'll put the link for the survey, like, please get involved, please um, share your thoughts, share your experiences, because as you know, we need the data, we need the data to be able to move forward. But then talking of moving forward, where are we going to, Sharice? Where are we going to with this? Once we have that, where are we going? Um, once we have the data? Yes. Where are we going? Yep. Um, we are we we are going to work on policies. Yes. You know, policies within organisations, and Lord willing, policies in government. You know, yes. we have connections in the Department of Culture, Media, and Sport. We have um, we are already partnered 
with the major trade bodies in the organ in the music industry we're already working with them to make change and differences the, the data will validate the work the recommendations and the actions we will put together with the organizations to ensure they are carried out so we have we're lobbying we're lobbying from the right power bases and that is what will make the difference. So we're not just taking data and selling it or taking data and, you know, taking your business. No, we're utilizing that data so we can make some real structural, cultural and institutional change in the music industry. So everybody, please, black musicians, black music creators, black professionals, this affects you, this affects us, our future. Use your voice for change by going to blim.org.uk forward slash change. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Wasn't that cute? Anyway, hope you enjoyed that. You can, um, Sharice has given you the URL and I'll also add the link to this caption if I can. But also you can follow them on BLK um, Lives in Music on Twitter. And it's the same for Facebook, Instagram, and I think LinkedIn LinkedIn as well. No, actually all the other ones are spelt as B-L-A-C-K. So they're spelt as black. But Twitter is BLK um, Lives in Music. So yeah, go show some support. I know that lots of um, musicians and people who are in the industry in that way, you listen to this show. So go and share your experiences and let's see what can be done with this data. Cool. Anyway, let's move on to So You Mad. So So You Mad this week, I'm starting with a letter. We just got a letter. Right, it says here, Hi, Kalechi, I came across you in 2019, but never got into your podcast until the start of 2021. Um, do not even ask me why, um, as do not even ask me why, as I've been questioning this so much. But I think that um, it came to me at a time when I needed it the most. I'm in the process of listening to your podcast from the start, and I cannot believe how much you have taught me and reminded me of my power as a woman. I love that. I love that. Sadiq created a new um, soundscape, so I'm going to add it now. Educate me. (laughs) I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) One more time. One more time, please. Educate me. (laughs) Guys, I'm just going to be dropping that randomly, by the way. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, I'm glad that you, you've learned so much in, from, from the podcast. That's wonderful. Um, it says here, um, oh, wow. So it says here, um, I'm in the process of listening to your podcast from the start and I cannot believe how much you've taught me and reminded me of my power as a woman, even though this world moves mad. Um, trigger warning here um, to about uh, sexual assault. So you can skip this for like two minutes. Anyway, um, back to the letter. It says, even though I was previously abused and raped and have found it hard to find my feet again, your podcast over the last few months has helped me so much and provided me strength. I've lost faith in any God, but I find a lot of spiritual belief when I listen to you. I have now become a Patreon member and was lucky enough to purchase the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck, which in the last two weeks or so has really provided me, has already provided me with, with much Um, much peace and calm i cannot thank you enough for your podcast 
and the stories you share um, not only about your own experiences but what I learn about other black women because it shows me I have strength in my brown skin more so because of black women than any other brown women anyway I'm not perfect but you are teaching me things I should continue questioning I want to really thank you um, thank you more by paying for you to have afternoon tea I know that you love it from an earlier podcast episode with one person of your choice if you would like a voucher for a restaurant or an at-home if you can let me know then I'll send you send a PayPal or a voucher to be sent to you I think that's so beautiful like so nice. that's so lovely and I just want to take this moment before I continue reading this letter to say thank you to the um voucher that I got for the chocolate brownies they actually banged i um, I ordered the um, peanut butter brownie one and it was incredible um and i love that it was just sent to me i didn't have to meet anyone i didn't have to do anything i just it was just sent to me it was beautiful um thank you for the gift card that i got for massage session because i definitely need that and it's helping me heal my foot and my calf so thank you for that i'm gonna use that um yeah i'm gonna use that in a bit um but yeah thank you for all of the things and yeah i fucking love afternoon tea i don't know what my obsession is with it and i can't wait to actually be able to have afternoon tea outside in person again but not in the freezing cold please you started um, drinking afternoon tea when you became more middle class wow wow we have this thing she doesn't like being called middle class <laughs> <laughs> i'm like sis you're middle class and i'm working class you wish you, you, wish, you wish you were working class I'm working if class. anyone is middle it's you <laughs> anyway no but you can't afternoon tea that's a very middle class activity please really it's of course the working class people don't take afternoon tea they they ain't got time but they have a cuppa they (laughs) They do have a cuppa don't they they have a cuppa they have a a sandwich (laughs) bacon sarnie (laughs) yeah so you know it depends on what you know where you're having it (laughs) whatever anyway back to the letter so this is the actual so you mad so thank you thank you so much for that offer i appreciate it um for the letter it says so you mad um please keep anonymous of course i work in a big company in the uk last year i took the chance when george floyd was murdered to run a blm and anti-racism challenge at work the material covered was focused on racism in the uk and us I create, um, created a whole slide deck having done my own research for a team of 250 people over four weeks. A majority of the information I prepared required additional resources which I shared and credit for um, example sharing specific black businesses or black social media accounts doing the work on anti-racism. Imagine my horror when a fucking white woman, the head of uh, diversity and inclusion, in a section of the firm comes and steals my work she's much more senior to me steals my work and has claimed she created this training and has rolled it out to over 1000 people she did this after she claimed my work was too intense and people were on different levels of the journey bullshit finally no sorry initially i i did nothing but two weeks after the emails had gone out i emailed the head of my team explaining my disappointment in two things specifically someone is stealing my work and taking credit for it and secondly a white woman claiming work is her own instead of giving a person of color credit who is more junior to her on anti-racism is clearly problematic the response i got was i sense your frustration and i will get in touch with her clearly he was does not understand what the problem is but i waited and the response she sent was even worse she asked me to do more work did not apologize and specifically asked why i care about bl um, black lives matter what the hell is wrong with these people? She's trying to come across as though she understands how systemic racism works to the public, even though 
this is what she's doing. I'm on my way out soon, as I doubt I will survive at this firm as I break their mold and stand up to um, too much of their, uh, stand up to too much against their BS. Thanks again for taking the time to read this. Okay. Um, apologies for a second email, but the reason something like this is so problematic is because I now have the courage to make noise and I am brown and I recognize how much privilege I have compared to black people. It rattles me to the core that this is the way they treat people. I wanted to keep this minimal, but also realize it's important to clarify that this is not about me, but the fact that we should be focusing on the real problems and inclusion in my workplace is really not um, there, especially for black people. Sorry for the second email. Don't apologize. I love I love clarity. I love clarification. Crazy. Yeah. People stealing work. Well, that's not new, is it? No. That sounds about white. Not new. Stealing work and trying to pass it off as your own. Oof. <laughs> sounds about white. People are really suffering in this life, let me tell you this. Mate. But she she said she spoke up. Yes. Yep. So I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad she spoke up and spoke out. What? Well, well, no. She no. She spoke up. She wrote to um the her line manager, I guess, and said, "Rob, this happened." Only to get back, I understand your frustration. I'll get in touch with her. No, you clearly don't understand. You can't just say to me, "I understand," and not clarify how you understand. It's very dismissive. Yes. Very dismissive. What are the laws around? Um, I think we were talking about this earlier. What are the laws around recording conversations? Like, so, like, you have to let people know if you're going to record them or if you're not going to um, let them know and you go ahead and do the recording anyway, you have to understand that it's inadmissible in court. Right. Okay. Because I was going to say, I mean, I was going to advise some people need to start recording their employers. But yeah. I don't know if that will. But then it's, I mean, it's, good, it's good to get the awareness out so that it, whether or not it's admissible in court or not, but just for people to know that this is what people are doing. But you, but these, this was through emails. Oh, yeah, so this was recording. yeah. So yeah, so it's there, and the fact of the matter is that even with it being there, they're still like, yeah, sod. But at the end of the day, people are learning. You know, <laughs> people are learning. Educate me, and that's what you said. You, you, you said we wanted to educate, and sis took the education and put her own stamp on it and rolled it out and said that this is now what I'm sharing with the world. Yes, <laughs> we educated you. Thank you, Sharon. We did. <laughs> we educated you well, well. Oh, well. No, I'm really sorry that that's happened. And I'm I very, very... So and, and I feel like to also say, like, my... Um, sending you love and protection and healing from your experiences of um, sexual assault. And I can understand in some regards how an event like this that seems unrelated can also remind you, because you mentioned it in the email, so that means that there is some interconnection that you've also... Um, identified where something like this might seem unrelated but it reminds you of the abuse that you've also had before because it's about violating your sense of um what is your own and what you know your boundaries your your personhood and this is an, a dynamic that's playing out again I guess in this regard where you've kind of this person's taken the work that you've done t- done wow, taking the work that- <laughs> sorry that was go on sorry was that they've, Liverpool? No, I don't even know. <laughs> and they've taken the work that you've done and they've tried to pass it off of their, as their own, um, ignoring you. And when you say that, oh, you know, what you've done has offended me, they're like, well, oh, well, this isn't about you. And, and you know, why, quote unquote, allies love that. The moment you call them out on their bullshit, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we focusing on me as the individual? We should be thinking about the collective and making doing good for all but you're not helping us do good for all because you're fucking up the base with what you are doing as an individual. So I, I noticed that dynamic as well. And I'm just very, very sorry that that 
happened and that this happened and honestly it's madness and it's wildness everywhere um the next so you mad um do you want to read this one the strip club oh my god the okay here we go so this is about a man who was banned from teaching after taking his pupils to a strip club (laughs) i just thought i just thought this was honestly hilarious let me even read the article so an it teacher has been banned from the profession for three years after why why Why, just three years yeah well i mean I'm saying why I'm saying why that specific amount, but you're saying he should be banned for, for forever. Yeah, because I just feel like there's a form of something that was really negligent that happened there. But oh, okay. absolutely. And so to ban you from the profession for just three years, and then after three years you could come back and then and then what? Well, I mean, I'm all for supporting sex workers, definitely. But who not asked with, you to take? To yeah, not with, not with students. You not just with took children. your students. Anyhow, right. that's not the duty of care that your, their parents gave you. <laughs> Right. An ID teacher has been banned from the profession for three years after taking pupils to a strip club whilst drunk. Richard Glenn, a teacher at Northumberland Private School. Oh, this is interesting. It's a private school. Right. Which costs 4850 per term. So I'm paying 4850 per term for you to take my child to go and see some pussy lips. And I go make it rain. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Was handed the ban at a misconduct panel. The 55-year-old teacher and former head of sixth form took a group of 16 to 18-year-olds to Costa Rica in 2019, along with a group of other adults. The teacher was eventually sent home over two weeks early due to inappropriate behaviour. The behaviour included drinking alcohol with pupils, including, including allowing underage pupils to drink, threatening to kick the head in of a pupil, threatening to kill a pupil, kissing the forehead of a pupil, He's taking pupils shagged. to the strip He's club. Shagged. He's definitely will. I feel like he's definitely tried to shag oh, some of oh, the Oh, without a doubt. Dance. Horrible, horrible. Um, taking pupils to the strip club, exposing himself to a woman and acting aggressively towards another trip leader. There we go. I think he's an alcoholic. Wow. Um, I mean, why would you behave like that? But anyways, yeah. the report claims that the teacher is unable to recall said events due to his yeah. state of intoxication. It says you're a lot, yeah, 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 yeah. During the trip, and added that he did not dispute the recollection of those present. So, you know, I don't remember, but y'all remember. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember the royal, the royal recollections may vary. <laughs> well, they, they did vary. <laughs> they did vary, but we, we managed to drum something up, didn't yes. we? Um, the report said Mr. Glenn was at various times during the school trip under the influence of alcohol, there we are, yes. and therefore not in a position to adequately take decisions or act in local parentis should the need arise. This was in circumstances where pupils under his care were in an unfamiliar country, far from home, and relying on him for guidance and protection. Mr. Glenn was an experienced teacher and pastoral leader who would have been expected to lead an overseas trip safely and would have been well aware of the conduct expected of him. Mr. Glenn will need to apply for the ban to be lifted after three years has passed. That is crazy. I honestly thought that he took them to the strip club in Northumberland. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know, what, what, what y'all see in there? <laughs> <laughs> initially, which I would have been like, you know what? I, I guess it's not, mm, okay, it was in the area. <laughs> Come on, sister, that's not, they're 16. <laughs> but you took them while they were in Costa Rica, in another country completely. You don't even know the customs of that particular strip club. You don't know who could have been there and you were taking them there. You don't know what you could have subjected them to. People could have gone missing. You were too drunk to look after them adequately so if anybody had been snatched up at any time what would what you would have, have done happened? very very irresponsible i think about the first time this would be weird having this conversation now but i forgot the first time i went to a strip club and it was in miami well i saw the snapchat oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was in miami yeah. <laughs> and my god i was shocked 
shocked, obviously, because it's the first time I'm, you're seeing yeah. it. But I was floored by what I was seeing. Just, you know, just, just nakedness. Yes. This was, <laughs> like, do you get what I mean? Just, it was just nakedness. And, like, you know, the, the women were very much so, like, very well respected. Yes. It was just, it was just such a good vibe. But I, I, I was just about prepared for that at the age of 21. So take it, to, to bring it to a 16-year-old. Right, and I was just a fresh twenty-one then. I'm thinking, oh my god, this is absolutely like, what am I actually witnessing right now? So put a sixteen-year-old in that position. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. A sixteen-year-old should not be seeing the inside of a strip club. That place is nasty. The things that I see, some not not that the strippers are nasty, but the things that they do, they're replicating, you know, sexual acts. These kids should not be seeing it. But, but I mean, at 16, I'm sure that they already know of these sexual acts and I'm sure like a lot of them watch porn and whatever else. My issue is that they can do that though of their own volition. Right. If they'd gone as a group of 16 to 18 year olds to the strip clubs for themselves while they were in Costa Rica, all right, cool. But you, that's meant to be in the place of their parents taking them there. It's, and it was totally inappropriate. But even with that, what happens at the strip club, it's more inappropriate for kids to be there, actually. Because, okay, so when I went there, there was this stripper who was, like, going around. She had a a, a bottle of, you know, the Voss bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, you know, yeah. know the Voss bottle, the yeah. big, big Voss bottle. Don't say she was putting it in her pussy. Oh, no, she had it in between her bum. She had it in, she had it in between her bum. She was walking casually in between her bum. Okay, well, that's great gluteal control. Absolutely. But the thing is now is that what she was doing is that she was going around having people open their mouth, yeah. crouching down, yeah. and pouring... Um, then she would move it to her, her, her front area, yeah. and then she would pour the water in their mouth, you know, through from... As she's controlling That's the bottle. great pelvic floor control. It is absolutely great for pelvic floor control. But then, you know, to be doing that, to be but demonstrating her, but that. But her, her, that, that's around her. That's holding the bottle, though. Not the not the, not the neck of the... Do you get me? What do you mean? She, like, the opening of the actual bottle, that's not where her um her vagina is. No, so she, but it's close. She's close. Like, it's, 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 it's hard to explain. Maybe I need to get a picture. But yeah, she's... <laughs> She's pouring this water into their mouth. Like, she should not be demonstrating those pelvic floor muscles on a 16-year-old. It needs to be on people of age. On top of that, what, what she was doing, she was then going around. <laughs> mm-hmm. She even did it to one of my friends. I was with a, a few girls. Mm-hmm. She went around, pulled her dress up, mm. pulled her thong down, and got her to twerk. Got my friend to twerk for her. And she pulled your friend's thong down and she, her dress up. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She pulled... She literally... And we were like... But your friend twerks. She twerks straight away. She oh, well, was, there you she go. Was, she was you know? going for it. She was. But my thing is that you wouldn't want to do that to a 16 or 18 year old. Fair enough, fair enough. Their people enough. should not be in the strip club. And then, you just got me sharing strip club stories. <laughs> but no, them people... I'm you, in love with the stripper. She moaning, she moaning, she moaning. She moaning, she but seriously, they should not. They should not be in there. That was very irresponsible of him. Um, do you know what? I think he is someone who had presented prob- like problematic in problematic ways, many ways, many yes, times before. Many times before yeah. that, I think they they're all lying if they didn't know that he was an alcoholic. He very very he's yeah, giving me big big time alcoholic vibes. Yeah, so I think that that was the case. He's just he's an alcoholic. He was a, very irresponsible, and it's well deserved. Three years ban. Yeah. He'll be fine. He was working at a private school. He's sure he's got loads of savings. He'll his friend mates will sort him Let, out. Let's see. Let's see. But I just I I yeah, I definitely think it's wild. I just think about, you know, um Lev being, you know, sixteen, <laughs> you know, God willing, bless my son, like 
16 years old and like i give permission but knowing how much i watch over him i somehow managed to give permission for a teacher to take him to costa rica for a school trip and then i find out that he's taken left to a strip club but while sorry. while he's being drunk to me it's like you took left to a strip club i didn't beg you to do that if anybody's going to take him to a strip club if i wanted to i would have chosen when that would be yeah right? well, absolutely but then, but then you took them there while you were drunk so you couldn't even look after them once you got them there there was no there was no care for them whatsoever right. by him anyways right they were other teachers, so but... i'd have to beat your ass i would yeah, have would, to beat your ass but sorry i hope none of the students snitch though that's really like if i was a student i'd be mad excited to like what the hell might he just take it to be a ship I ain't, I ain't gonna snitch unless something happens and if something happens that's inappropriate yeah but I mean I think that no I think that the way that they did it was perfect where I went enjoy and then I'm gonna tell because they could have told, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. told before I mean I don't know I how like the that. night I don't know how the event or the night panned out but there were points where you could have texted home and said or you could have said something and maybe they did who knows but you they definitely went no no let's go and let's enjoy go, well, well. and then we'll go and, and then we're going people. and then we'll deal with him like, works, you see, kids and other teachers never... would have known because he wouldn't have been the only teacher on the trip yep no, no, that's true so even if the students weren't necessarily going to say anything and they were like we had a great time the other teachers would have been like nah you need to go yep but yeah it's it's just it's just one of those things just, children cannot keep secrets for shit and why are you kissing another child um, another pupil on the fo- why are you kissing the pupil on their forehead why it's just one of them extra teachers but uh, no I, no that's 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 more than extra no no it is more than extra don't, don't, don't get me wrong but i think we all have those teachers back then that we can cast our minds back to and they were just they did the most yeah i had one teacher that would say your mum jokes and i just thought what yeah a I guy was, yeah, Mr. Oh, Smart. I, look how you baited up. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Mr. Smart, you guys all need to, you guys would do, he would do that, but he would do it in response to us saying your mum jokes to each other and then he would come and say, oh, but your mum, and it was like, well, At your you're age. a teacher, you can't be cussing my mum. Yeah, yeah, because but my mum will come down here and smack you exactly, up. Exactly, but they found it funny, Sha. But yeah, teachers, some teachers But yours was can... a boys' school as well, so I think like banter just comes out differently oh, yeah. because i can't imagine being in a girl's school and the girls are saying your mum jokes and then another t- a female teacher comes over and she's like oh yeah, and your, your mum <laughs> <laughs> the way that people the, the way that the students were even beating up teachers in notre dame you oh, they, that would not have, that would not have worked See, but it was worse for us because sometimes we, someone would be getting it and then the teacher would come in and pile on <laughs> and we, i'm thinking i'm thinking don't you guys don't you guys notice a pattern that when teachers pile on the child gets it worse yeah. after that yeah because you've yeah. given consent for that to happen right the teachers like made it okay um okay so then the un have decided the united nations have decided to um really really disgrace that um tony that sewer report that sewage report mm-hmm. about um there being no uh racial or institutional racism in the uk and i love that i love that people that the united nations have to come forward and say y'all are lying you guys are fucking Lying. Just wait, no, okay, you go ahead. Yeah, it says here, an arm of the United Nations has condemned the shocking race commission report ordered by Boris Johnson. Um, where is it? Who has distanced himself from it now? That is the wickedest. I think that that's what's mad. Like you've now distanced yourself from the very thing that you told them to go ahead and put out there. It's yeah, it's just incredible to me. I can't even um, get my um, the whole story up. Decided not to load. But um, the widely criticized study was attacked for ignoring racial disparities um as we all know because we already talked about it and the united nations basically said that naji like that is disgusting they said this attempt to normalize white supremacy despite considerable research and evidence of institutional racism is irresponsible yes it is it's very irresponsible 
but for the United Nations to have to come and tell you that, like you lot didn't know that already, um, that's it's, weird. It's shocking, and then that's what I'm trying to say. It adds to the gaslighting because it's like, okay, like for them to actually have to come out and say, no, 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 you guys are chatting shit. Did they? Did the British people? Did the? Did you guys think that that what you put out was correct? Right then. And then I was even gonna add. I don't. <clears throat> I don't know if you watch Line of Duty. I don't think you do. I'm on season... I've just finished season two. I'm going on season three now. Okay, cool. But I don't want to spoil it. It's not necessarily a spoiler, but for those who are up to date with Line of Duty... The one that they did in Stephen Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was a very nice touch. Mm. They actually they actually fused two stories. It was Stephen yeah. Lawrence. Oh, I'm so sad. I don't remember the, the other, other one. one yeah. But it was, it was two stories. And the way they handled it, I was like, yeah. Whoever... A black person definitely was involved in, yeah. the, in the writing of it or however they came to you know come about with that idea but because it was like to have that in there mm. explains institutional racism perfectly yeah 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 so for you to turn around and create this report and say there are no uh, uh there are no racist institutions in the uk it's it's or oh, there are racist in- no there are race there are institutions that show racism but we can't call them racist and thus britain can't be racist right imagine so ignoring that whole case yes which is no, and they even evidence allude to enough. It. No, they allude to it. They say that the McPherson report that was written, where the term was used, that the police after forces, the Lawrence, yeah, yeah, after the Stephen Lawrence murder, um, so um, as a result of the Stephen Lawrence inquiry, said that yes, um, the the police are institutionally racist. They said yeah, that that he wrote that, but he wrote that so long ago, and you know things have changed since. Oh. And it's like, so what things have changed? You tell me now. The worst. Quickly, quickly, tell me what has changed. Quickly, no, you can't. And that he only, and the McPherson report was written about the police force, not about all the other institutions. So you can't, you can't use your head to carry what has been said and to apply it to all the other institutions where the same thing shows. Fucking idiots. I'm glad that the, even the UN is dragging you and now everyone's feeling bad for themselves and then that Kemi um, um, bubbly cock. Um, <laughs> Kemi bad not. Yeah. Um, She's an abomination. She's just a mess, Horrible. but I think because people have mentioned her hair so many times, she's actually gone and had the braids done properly now, but she'll probably leave it in for another 17 years before she gets it <laughs> done again. Oh, because you know they always do that. Oh. They always do that and they wear a, 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 a lighter foundation. The regrowth is just always mad. Like, why is it like that? Why Why is it like that? But obviously she didn't want to get cussed about her, her braids this time, so she went and made sure that it was done. But the things that she was saying while she was talking with Dawn, um, debating with Dawn Butler, and I just thought, but, but you, why are you doing this? Like, what went wrong in your life? We make why? jokes about it, but she's a disgrace. <gasps> she is a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. It blew my mind. I just thought, wow. Kemi. And she wants to still use that name, Kemi. Of course, because you need to have that name there to say that I too am yes. proud of my heritage. And I just want to kill all the blacks. <laughs> you know? Like Preeti Patel. Oh, God. They, you know, Preeti, they, she they really wouldn't... wants to be a, a Sandra something. Right. A Sandra Williams. <laughs> Educate me. <laughs> she wants to be a Sharon. She wants to be a Sharon. Yes, there you are. Um, Sharon is legit the final boss oh, of racism. Like literally, imagine someone, someone literally invalidated every, <laughs> just ignoring everything. Tell me what exactly he said that's racist that, um, that I haven't seen. Educate me. <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna be sick of us. You guys are going to be sick. I've of got us. to add all the other ones now. Yes, add all the, but this dis- was a stroke of genius on your part. <laughs> we discovered sound bites and we're running <laughs> away with it. Um, and so that's that. Um, 
where did what did we read about the Church of England? Oh, the Church of England, how they're wanting to ban NDAs mm-hmm. um, because of racist behavior or racist. Shall I get the article? Let me see if I see it. Yeah, but again, I just think that everybody's mad, everybody's wild. Um, just bringing it up now, if it would even um, load. Okay. It says here, um, Justin Welby demands ban on NDAs in Church of England after racist abuse exposed. Non-disclosure agreements must no longer be used in the Church of England. The Archbishop of Canterbury has told staff after victims of racist abuse were paid off to buy their silence. The uh, most reverend, whatever. Um, oh, wow. Um, Reverend Justin Welby Weber said that um, he was horrified to learn of racist abuse aimed at priests and staff within the church as exposed in a BBC Panorama documentary. He um, he said that um, he had been unaware that non-disclosure agreements known as NDAs were being used to prevent those who receive payouts over racist abuse from speaking publicly about the incidents. Um, that the whole article kind of like goes on, but I just think that it's amazing that he's acting like he's shocked that the star, um, the um, priest would be receiving racist abuse. Why are you shocked? And again, you, Church of England, who's the head of the Church of England? Is it not the Queen? Hmm. Hmm. Now, my thing is like, why were there ever NDAs? Yeah. In that, like, why there shouldn't have never, what do you guys need NDAs for? I mean, you're all men of God and women of like, what do you need to have NDAs in place for? You should all be not only acting by the law, yeah. by the book, by the Bible that you, you read, no? Well, I mean, in the Bible, certain men rape their daughters, so I don't even okay. know if, that, if that's fair. Yeah, yeah let everybody but take, a, another, take everything with a pinch of salt. Right. Um, he says, I have said many times that I'm totally against NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. NDAs are unacceptable and I'm just horrified by that and horrified by the fact of racism. What do you mean you're horrified by the fact of racism? How long what? has this been going on? Okay. Oh. And the, for you to be able to sp- sp- like spread your Church of England message, you required racism. Right, the missionaries. Okay. Um, together with the Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, or Cottrell, um, he has written to senior members of the church telling them confident, um, confidentiality agreements are no longer to be used. The Church of England is releasing a report later this week which says it will include plans to add um, to address racism within its own ranks. But again, I say this all the time. After you've addressed the racism within your own ranks, what then will happen? What what will what will happen? Because the, the very foundation of your institution was built on racism. So after you've addressed it in your ranks, what will you now do about the foundation? All of you are dumb. Very, they, never, very... they never do anything. They just, they just do, like like you said, they do those stupid investigations and they're like, oh, we found this and we found that. There we go. Yeah. Done. Um, Dr. Elizabeth Henry, the church's former advisor on race relations, quit her job last year because she said she felt disillusioned. She says, I felt frustrated by the lack of progress within the issues of, with the issues of racism. Um, she's very pretty, Dr. Henry. I think that that's interesting. Do you know how racist you have to be for somebody who's really trying, really, really trying to be on your side for them to go, you know what? Nah, this is just a bit too racist for me. It's a bit too much for me. Um, she said one incident from 2019 particularly stood out. 
A really shocking incident was a young black man who received the picture of a banana, but that banana had its head super had his head superimposed upon it, and underneath it, it said "Banana Man." That is a deeply offensive and deeply racist image, she said. He took it to HR, the Human Resources Department, and he did file a grievance, and the decision was that it wasn't racist. <laughs> I actually have a really quick funny story, right? But this is, this is not even... I don't know how everyone's going to take it. So, I'm alleg- you know, I'm allergic to bananas. Yeah. I'm allergic to bananas. Can't, st- can't even stand the smell of them. Mm-hmm. So I started up my current workplace now two years ago, and... They were opening bananas in front of me. I was like, guys, guys, I'm allergic. So everyone knew, like, okay, yeah. Sadiq's allergic. Came time to my birthday. Remember, I started in Feb. Yeah. My birthday was four weeks after. Yeah. Um, my birthday came. They got me a birthday card. And there was a huge banana on the front. <laughs> there was a huge banana. <laughs> I got it. I understand. <laughs> and I loved them. I got it. I understand. <laughs> But I just thought to myself, oh, I could have, I could have gotten a huge payout just, <laughs> just four weeks in, four weeks in. I'm I like, well, been, I'm out. Thanks oh, so much. Literally, I could have claimed distress. I could have claimed all sorts. Whoa. But yeah, but it's you, just you guys be careful. That's what I'm gonna say. Just be careful. Make sure that you explain your joke. Even in the car, yeah. explain the joke. That like, the reason we got you this is because you are allergic, allergic to bananas, not because you're a nigger monkey. Please. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, gosh, very close. close. And you're like the only black guy there? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Wow. See, they were were really Even as I was talking about it now, I was like, oh. They were on the edge. But it reminds me of when I I took Lev to go and, you know, start his settling in process. Mm -hmm. At his nursery. At his nursery. And um, I had to check myself because I feel like, you know, when you're like, quote unquote, too woke, right? (laughs) Where you have to check yourself and be like, whoa there, whoa, take it. So the like the the wonderful um person who was looking after him, um Spanish white. So she's like talking to him and um yeah just really really lovely and they're having a great time. And then um Lev starts trying to climb something. He was trying trying to climb this chest of drawers or, or some kind of thing. He was trying to climb this thing, and I was there sitting with him. And she goes to him, "Are you a monkey?" <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Are you a monkey?" Um. You- you're climbing you're climbing the thing are you a monkey and honestly my head was down <laughs> i think i was doing something on my phone quickly and she said that and i went what? Like, what and i had to check myself i was just like no that was kalechi mode that wasn't mummy mode yeah so i had to come back to mummy mode and be yeah. like no 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 he's climbing something so she is saying are, are you a monkey, monkey climbing you're, yes. climbing the thing but you it's see just, how sensitive like I, I still feels very sensitive around those comparisons yeah. but like they should we should be able like even like being called a cheeky monkey a, che- yeah. a cheeky little monkey like things like that they're cute but now it's like oh yeah oh. See, so if she if he wasn't climbing anything because <laughs> context is important very, right if he wasn't climbing anything and she just went are oh, you a monkey that's when i would have to rock her like would, rock her jaw immediately straight immediately but the fact that he was climbing something at the time and yes she didn't say are you um, a monkey are you climbing like a monkey because i also think that similes are important you should say yeah. like a yeah. as opposed to just are you, are you a monkey, a monkey? <laughs> yeah but there may be language barrier as well yeah so I we've think, got that there so I, I thought about all of these things but honestly my initial when she said are you a monkey i looked up so quickly i can't even now nah, if, if there was a camera there it would have been i looked up so quick i was like what but <laughs> But no, then I, could, I saw what he was doing. I was just like, okay. definitely relax. Because I, I tell you what, I think what's what has done this to us is simply that H and M 
issue. Yeah, yeah. That H and M issue where they had the little boy in the in the monkey outfit. Yeah. Honestly, he could have just been in anything else. Yes. He could have just been in anything else. But even I, I mean, I don't know how you felt about that situation. I didn't. I wasn't as enraged as. I think I might have talked about it I in one of the might, episodes. Yeah, I, have, um, well, yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have talked about it, but I, I, I think it was a complicated one because I was just like, yeah, and it's the way that you were trying to double down, though, and it's like of all the t-shirts that you could yeah, have given that him, was the one, yeah. and I think that these are things that you should consider. Like these are things that people should consider when they're doing all of these things, and this is why it's important for everybody to have that education. Educate me. <laughs> to have yes. that education about racism, because then they would understand why that should not have been the shirt that you chose for him specifically. Right, but here's the thing: I think a lot of the times we say, "Oh, we look at certain things that we're like, oh, black a black person was definitely not in the room. Oh, like let's get black people in the room. Let's get black people in the room." There's been certain situations. Black people have been black in the room. Black people have been in the like room. Like Emily Bablicock. Like, black, <laughs> there are sometimes that black people are in the room and you probably wish that they weren't. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, a mixed race, a um, big, big Oman, a grey butt Oman said to, uh, said to all of us the other day on, on Twitter that we're rabid wolves. Oh, yes. <laughs> so imagine if she's in rooms where decisions right. are being made. That's the black person in the room. <laughs> so we just need to be, I think, just like you said, if everybody is educated... <laughs> Educate me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If everybody's educated on the matter, we wouldn't need to have a black person or, yes. uh, do you get what I mean, or yes. any sort of person in the room because we know that everybody's educated. Everybody's educated. Oh, and, this has made my day that sound right, honestly. <laughs> Got to have a different one now. Um, but, um, yeah, he took it to the HR and they said that it wasn't racist and that's hilarious to me that HR, just like Sally, can just turn around and be like, nah, don't see the racism there. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Same way you didn't see the racism when Archie was likened to a monkey right. when he was just about to leave the hospital after being born. Right. Literally had not, the vaginal juices had not even dried on his body and you'd already likened him to a monkey. <laughs> Madness. Um, it says here, that person left and he received a very small compensation. However, he was forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement. When I talk about the sinister nature of the church, you lot don't want to discuss the ting with me. The church, the very core of the church as we know it, very, very racist, mm-hmm. very anti-black, mm-hmm. very everything, mm-hmm. right? A sprinkle of perversion there. I was going to go to the perversion mm-hmm. one. Like, we're just talking about this, but if we now look at, you know, we're talking about this as an NDA for the racist things that, that have happened. What about the NDAs that are probably fly, flying about for paedophilia? Because I would love to see those. Well, I wouldn't love to see them, yeah, but, but yeah. I would, I'd be really interested in knowing about those. No more NDAs for anything. You know, expose your yash. Expose yourself. That's when we should have got the um, Bob Risky one. <laughs> expose your yash. Let's all, let's all of us let's expose, all of us our, expose our yash today. Let's all of us expose our yash today. <laughs> and that's even rather weird when we're considering who's probably um, abused in these situations. Oh, let's yeah. not expose any yash. Yeah, in that, yeah, yeah, in that, yeah. In that, in that regard. But... Oh, God. <laughs> but, we really cocked that one up, didn't we? <laughs> but honestly, Dear. honestly, like, NDAs for what? And that just goes, when we're talking about there HR departments, yeah, HR departments, all of this, all of that, because the church is a major business in and of itself. The church is a major business in and of itself, but doesn't want to be held accountable because they're hiding behind God. God said, Naji, show yourself, show yourself, own up to your own shit. Don't use my name. Please. Not in my name. Um, It says here that, um, that agreement means the BBC cannot say where the incident took place. The total number of non-disclosure agreements is also unknown. The church told Panorama that while it cannot comment on individual cases, 
Any racist behavior of the sort described by Dr. Henry is unacceptable. Yes, it's so unacceptable that yeah, you wanted to make sure that. that it never got out. And that's it. So again, I vote to um, d- dismantle the church. Mm-hmm. You know, the Church of England. Church of England, Catholic Church, all of that. All of that. Because even, how did the Church of England come to be? You know, we joked about Henry VIII at the beginning of this. I mean, some people weren't joking. That was actually what they put forward when they were talking about Elizabeth Taylor. But we talked about, like, Prince um, um, Henry VIII wanted a new church because he wanted to be able to divorce his wife and that he couldn't do in the Catholic Church. So he says, I'm just going to go and have my own church. Make my own church. And then I can behead them, wed them, do what I like, and no one can chat to me. And so even the nature of churches being formed, even that was formed from personal interest. But of a thing, white man one thing i have to be honest about though is that them church hymns oh they bang so much i love yeah. me a church hymn shine jesus shine, shine. go oh that's not even my favorite one all-time fave literally is up there with whitney Oh God! Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oi! Oi! Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, this is my favorite bit. Sometimes it causes me that was to the tremble. That wasn't the note. That wasn't no? the note. That wasn't the note. Sometimes, S- sometimes it causes me to tremble, <laughs> tremble, tremble. tremble. <laughs> Were you there when they crucified my, my Lord? Lord? Oh, so beautiful. So I wasn't there. Beautiful. I wasn't there, obviously. Yeah, but <laughs> I wasn't a beautiful there. Song. But if I had been there, maybe they would have made me sign an NDA. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't know that now. <laughs> so. But yeah, definitely get rid of the get rid of the church. Let's keep the church hymns. Yeah, um, I mean some the of the hymns. church hymns. Let's not keep because they're again rooted in racism. Isn't Kumbaya rooted in racism? Kumbaya, my. There was another one that my teacher used to make me sing in secondary school. Um, Kumalada, Kumalada, Kumalavista, Kumalada. Oh, that can't go get that. That was not a hymn. No, that's a that's a pop song. But was it? Yes, oh, the no, girls, the girls. No, 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 oh. Oh, oh, this is the blasphemous. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's those three girls in the field that sung that song. Three girls. The say three... la vie. Say, say la vie. Say you want. Say you do what I don't. Say you do. Say to me. There you go. They sung that. No, they didn't. They did. No, they didn't. That was bewitched. Them Irish girls. Yeah, oh, they, the Irish know how to form a good pop group. Oh, oh my they god! Do. They and do. them girls were Irish dancing as well. They are. And they even had the little Irish, 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 Irish break dance in the. No, that was blasphemous. What you did? Those girls sang that song. No, I don't think they did. I'm telling you. But mate, you'll correct us anyway. I know that you lot have all of your facts, so you'll correct the thing. But for those who will be upset, be like, "Don't take the church away from me." I know you can keep God. You know. I'm not. I, I'm not saying that you. I didn't, you can keep God. You can keep Jesus. I'm just saying you can keep Christianity if you really want. I'm just saying to you that the church that has been that this massive, literally this conglomerate. That's who I'm talking about. You can keep all the bits that you like. I'm just saying that for all of the ills that have been committed and now people are making certain man sign NDAs. I just think it's very sinister and I don't like it at all. Yep. I don't like it. Um, I think so for the last one on So You Mad before we move on. Is there a last one? Um, yeah, Amnesty International. 
um not that i'm shocked not that i'm surprised but um i just think that it's good to kind of mention it so it says here in this article that um amnesty international has a culture of white privilege this report has found oh wow oh wow oh gosh really really tell me more educate (laughs) 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 oh it says here Amnesty International has a culture of white privilege with incidents of overt racism, including senior staff using the N-word and microaggressive behaviour, such as the touching of black colleagues' hair, according to an internal review into its secretariat. It came as eight current and former employees of Amnesty International UK described their own experiences of racial discrimination and issued a statement calling on senior figures to stand down. One of the whistleblowers, Catherine Odukoya, big up yourself, Yoruba girl. See, Kemi, that's how someone uses their name and affects change. Not you, Babbly Cock. Um, we joined Amnesty hoping to campaign against human rights abuses, but were instead let down through realising that the organisation actually helped perpetuate them. Representatives of both arms of the UK-based human rights organisation um, apologised and pledged to make changes with the director of um, the um, AIUK, Amnesty International UK, citing the uncomfortable fact that we have not been good enough. And I hate when you lot say that. What do you mean, the uncomfortable fact that we're not good enough? You've known all along that you weren't good enough. You've never. all known all along. There, there was never a time. When you were good. good. Never a time. <laughs> so... Never a time. Oh, God. Never it, a time. It goes on to say, the internal review at Amnesty's um, International... Um, sec- Am- Amnesty... Internal review at Amnesty's International Secretariat commissioned following the Black Lives Matter movement, recorded multiple examples of workers reporting alleged racist, uh, racism, including senior staff using the N-word and P-word with colleagues labelled oversensitive if they complained, systemic bias, including the capability of black staff being questioned consistently and without justification, and minority ethnic staff feeling disempowered and sidelined on projects, a lack of awareness or, or sensitivity to religious practices resulting in problematic comments and behaviour, aggressive and dismissive behavior particularly over email and often directed towards staff in uh, staff in offices in the global south in june last year the international board of amnesty international sent an email to staff addressing the black lives matter movement and racism citing the killing of george floyd it said racism was encoded into the very organizational model of the human rights body which had been shaped by the colonial power dynamics and borders that were fresh at the time of its founding in 1961 It continued, despite some notable and hard-won changes in recent years, control and influence over our resources, decision-making, has remained overwhelmingly in the hands of people from the white majority global north. It said there had been um, bias and insensitivity in the way some people were treated in the, um, at the international, at the international secretariat, the arm of the organization which sets policy and hires researchers from hubs, um, hubs across the world, with headquarters in London, the board went on to inform staff that an independent review will take place. Over the next few months, workplace experts from the consultancy, Howlett Brown, um, conducted a temperature check where they were given access to staff surveys and carried out six focus groups made up of 51 staff, including two exclusively attended by black staff. Published in May, um, published in October 2020, but not press released. The fu- uh, the forty six page internal report by Howlett Brown focused on Amnesty's international secretariat. Summarized um, remarks in the focus groups were consistently shared with the external face of Amnesty. Um, um, it's very um, different to its internal face. The exp- the experts recommended that to resolve issues, there would need to be a recognition of the systemic privileges that exist. 
A statement released alongside the report by the Amnesty International Coalition leadership team said it was sobered by the findings, adding it's a timely reminder that discrimination, racism and anti-black racism exist in our organisation. It's highlighted both the extent and systemic nature of racism and indicates we must address white privilege wherever it exists. Um, I feel like there's so much here that um, is covered. I wanted to find what um, um, Catherine Odukoya said. She said, there's a he um, hegemonic um, white middle class culture that uh, seemed to be protected and reproduced um, wh white privilege and it was pervasive. Um, Odukoya described colleagues at Amnesty International UK commenting on her hair and requesting to touch it, making negative references to her urban accent and referring to her as the black girl. Um, in 2019, she raised a grievance concerning racial and gender discrimination, alleging that she had been manipulated into working above her pay grade without the correct remuneration. Amnesty International UK did not uphold the claim, but reached a settlement with Odukoya in May last year. Interesting, that isn't it? That you'll say, mm, recollections may vary, but here is a here lot is of money. money. <laughs> Please don't talk about this. Please, let's forget this. And somebody else tweeted, um, quote tweeted this, and they said, this is, well, it was um, someone called Zazie, says Zainab, she says, this is such a painful moment. I and many other black, Asian and ethnic minority staff face so much at the hands of this organisation. An organisation purporting to protect the human rights of others failed its staff of colour. It is not likely that I say this. Amnesty is institutionally racist. It failed me and countless others from colleagues touching my hair and saying it feels like wool to comments about my religion to being called ghetto fabulous and having key life-changing career opportunities denied. It's painful. To having board members refer to dodgy places in Africa, to the implication that black people don't do human rights, to having managers and directors who do not understand the power and privilege they hold and how they contribute to a system that treats black and minority ethnic staff um, abysmally, the gaslighting, the declining mental health that they drive you to, I do not say any of this lightly, to not having anything to say about Grenfell, not being able to do public anti-racism work, despite the pleas for their, from their POC staff, disappointing and painful. All the anti-racism work you see from the organisation was fought for with the blood, sweat and tears of POC staff. We gave them free labour. I left the amnesty, amnesty over three years ago. The trauma and the scars of my time there still remain. I could not um, in good conscience um, advise other POC to work in this organisation. I hope to write about this in more detail at some point. It's heartbreaking that it has come to this, but we spent um, years fighting for change. We did everything in our power to ensure that the organisation did better by POC staff and they paid lip service at best. Gaslit and mistreat, mistreated, at, um, mistreated us at worst. Grievances and um, grievance processes painted us as angry black and brown women and men made us feel like we were ungrateful with independent investigators investigating instances of unconscious bias without understanding at a very basic level what it was. Absolute joke. Ooh. Absolute joke, just like she said. I'm not surprised, you know. Like we said, I'm not surprised. And um, some people just love the label of, like, oh, Amnesty International. They love the label of, like, doing good work when actually they don't have to give up any of their privilege. And then they are cloaked in, oh, I'm a good person. So, you know, that, that you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. And you see lots of that. Like, you meet white people and the first thing they want to tell you is all the work that they do in the communities and, yeah. Time they've spent in Africa. Uh, 
they don't remember the country they were in. In Kenya. And I met a beautiful girl called Mumbu. And um, <laughs> yes. she was always smiling and that made me come back over here and just want to do good work and change things. <laughs> Some of your dating profiles are sickening and make me want to throw up. They're horrendous. Oof, and hold gosh. a little black child and just make yourself feel great. Of course, we can't expect that any of these organizations won't have issues, um, some more than others, UNICEF, Oxfam, but some more than others, right? But yeah, if you are an organization focused on the human rights of people, but you don't care about the human rights or the humanity of the people that work for you and with you, then you can shut your fucking mouth, really, to be honest, and just do better, do better. And that comes from addressing the fact that, yeah, when you were started in 1961, all of you were high high very high physically literally speaking and also just high on the fumes of colonialism and anti-black racism and being like yes we're do we're not them we're not lynching any people so by that you know by that metric we're wonderful yep. let's do our wonderful work but no you also have flaws you're very deeply flawed also address that but anyway that's that for so you mad anyway let's finish off with straw of the week aka suck your mum we've got two haven't we well, yeah, let's start with your um, homie, Boris. Oh, this, Boris is your homie. No. Boris is your homie. I, I think uh, people should know by now that you hate <laughs> Boris Johnson. Do you want me to read it? Go on. Boris Johnson confirms... Oh, wait, let me start again. Boris Johnson confirms Jennifer Akuri... How do I say this name? Akuri? Akuri, yeah. Jennifer Akuri affair, but says he acted with integrity. So I just want to... <laughs> just remind you guys he said that he cheated with integrity i'm going to read that out once more <laughs> boris johnson confirms jennifer akuri affair but says he acted with integrity the prime minister was asked about the relationship during the downing street briefing almost a month after u.s tech entrepreneur miss akuri admitted to a four-year affair with mr johnson while he was mayor of london and married and married oh god because it wouldn't be an affair if he wasn't married but i just wanted to stress that that he was, he was married. married with kids Boris Johnson appeared to confirm for the first time that he had an affair with Jennifer Akuri, but says he acted with integrity. Mm. The Prime Minister was asked about the relationship during a Downing Street briefing. Miss Akuri told the Mirror one of their liaisons took place in the family home Mr. Johnson shared with his now ex-wife, Marina Wheeler. Oh, God punish you. Mm. During the press conference, HuffPost Paul Woff asked the Prime Minister about his commitment to the Nolan Principle which set out the expected standards of behaviour in public life. He said the raging Greens Hill lobbying scandal had sparked a lot of interest in whether the Nolan principles of public life have any teeth or relevance anymore. Mm. And he asked the Prime Minister, do you agree with the Independent Office for Police Conduct, with which in its review of your links with Jennifer Okuri concluded, and I quote, it would have been wise for Mr. Johnson to declare this as a conflict of interest and a failure to do so could have constituted a breach of the Nolan principles. Mm -hmm. And those principles include acting with honesty and integrity. Mm -hmm. Do you believe you acted with honesty and integrity in your relationship with Miss Akuri, who claims you conducted your affair in your marital home? But in attempting to swerve the question, the Prime Minister apparently admitted to the affair. After a lengthy answer to a previous question, Mr. Johnson said, my answer to your second question is yes. Leaving no time for follow-ups, Mr. Johnson swiftly drew the press conference to a close, turning tail and leaving the Downing Street briefing room. Ms. Mr. Johnson has never accepted that he had an affair with Miss Okuri, but he has not denied it either. Mm. Labour's deputy leader, Angela Rayner, tweeted, Tory sleaze is back. <laughs> <laughs> 
I really believe what Boris Johnson says when it comes to sleaze and integrity. That's why I wrote to the Prime Minister demanding that he prove there was no special treatment in the awarding of public money and preferential access to Jennifer Arcuri. Can you imagine this? I can imagine it. and I. But we've been saying it all along. But that's what really, really upsets me. Like, we've been saying it all along. Uh, how many straws will I give you, Boris? I want you to gather all the straws that I've given you all throughout these episodes, from episode one to episode whatever we're on now. Gather all the um, straws that I've given you and use it to blow dry your hair. <laughs> I don't even want you to suck your mother right now. I just want you to use it and uh, just sweat. But people say that he smells like wet pennies, that he just smells. That's, like not, a, that's not a surprise. He looks like he does. Oh, he but looks the, really sweaty oh. and grotty and just horrible. Look, my thing is this, right? I think... Look, and we've, I think we might have touched on it before. You know, which with cheating, when you go out on a night out, let's say, even though it's unlikely, but you go out on the night out, you're drunk, you meet someone, something happens. I, I genuinely feel like that you can explain away. You can sit okay. down some, to someone and explain it away. But let me tell you, a full-blown affair, yeah. that speaks to your character. Yeah. That you are you are deceptive. Yeah. That is what you are. And people like that should not be in positions of power. I'm no. sorry. That's just how I feel. You should not be in positions of power. Like, it, it was it was your, it was your legit your marital home. You, you were living... You and on top of that, you had a fucking job to do. That to me, what are you doing? Linking, linking international babes. It's not even like. But she was interning over here. Oh, okay, cool. Which makes it worse because that's <laughs> to me. To me, that's like the power dynamics as well. Like everybody, like um, what's his name? Clinton was impeached. Um, Bill Clinton was impeached for what he did to Monica Lewinsky, not with to <laughs> Monica Lewinsky, as far as I'm c- concerned. Yeah, he was impeached for that. And people can talk around it as however much they want. She was vilified for it, but you know, he that he was impeached for that. So how is it that then? And I don't even know what money he could have given her, whatever. But just for the sake of national security, that shit was not cool. So how is it then that this person on this scheme, whatever scheme she was on, he was able to direct funds to her and then sleep with her. He's abusing his power. He was mayor of London at the time. So that means that he was abusing his power. So that when we're talking about the Me Too movement, whether she realizes it or not, that 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 the vastness and the disparity of that power dynamic means that he was abusing her as far as I'm concerned, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's just shocking to me that he can he can he can literally look a reporter in the eye and said and say that he cheated with Nolan principles in mind. Yes. Oh, I told you that. Well, I went and looked it up, and you know, there's nothing, nothing untoward. But they, nothing untoward. Like they'll ask you how many, they'll ask you how many children you have. You don't want to answer. You cheated. Explain yourself. You don't want to answer. How is it possible that you can be pumping up someone's pum pum and at the same time? Um, giving them grants but you're also the same person that was considering letting the um tory donors give you money to redecorate your own home so you're not somebody that acts in integrity but in any shape or form not at all and what makes this worse for me is i'm thinking he did these things as mayor of london and has now managed to move to pm white people are good at feeling upwards white men specifically it's amazing they can stop drop and roll into higher positions Ah. for the fires that they started it, it, I just can't actually. Do you know the level of corruptness she needs to, to, to be fail on? upwards? Right. But but then it just shows that the demonic forces that are working in this land it because does. It does. He, and we're not going. We're not like we're not going mad. Like when no, we like, say that yeah. this Britain is fucked up and it's corrupt and it's everything 
that's terrible. We are telling the truth. It's bad vibes. It's bad vibes all around. They want and to talk about the corruption happening in Nigeria. But they've got. They've always got energy for that. But just because you, but where did they learn the villainy that they're executing? Is it not from you? Look at your life. Look at your life. All of us will open our yash today, like like Bob Risky said. We'll Boy, open our yash. So brazen. But bro. he will do that because he knows that he can get away with it. Like. I so I'm not even here on the moralistic sense of what you were doing, cheating on your wife and whatever, because this isn't the first wife that you cheated on. And even like we could talk about certain violinists right now with your current relationship, but I don't know too much about that because you've given bare man gag orders and I'm not trying to get sued, you know, allegedly. <laughs> but you don't value the in, um the institution of marriage, no. but you don't you don't care about it. Fine. No. So we already know that that's fine. But to me, it's the duty that you have to the office, to you to your office. That is that is what I care about. And so children are starving, right? Marcus Rashford had to come and put his football to the side Mm -hmm. to come and literally ask you to feed the fucking children during a pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? And you had every excuse under the sun until you were batted up enough and then you had to do a Mm U-turn and bend your knees. Well, um, Akuri was bending her knees, but we'll we'll forget that. Forget forget that. If you guys don't get the reference, (laughs) I'll be very upset. But all of that was happening, right? But you had money to, as mayor of London, to direct to her. You were happy for, um, from what Dominic Cummings said from his XOXO, um, XOXO Gossip Girl blog, he said that you were willing to accept money from Tory donors privately, secretly, to renovate your flat. Like, to, to, to redecorate your flat. You were willing to do that, knowing that you should... What principle were you following there? He told you that it's likely to be illegal and it's definitely unethical, but you were willing to do that. So I don't believe that... And this is you as a prime minister... Mm-hmm learning the things that you've learned in this position. So I don't believe that you did act with integrity with what happened while you were... Ma- while, um, out of the question. While you were working as mayor of London. No. Like, no, no, no. And Jennifer Arcuri, like, you're, you're, you're a disgrace. Mm. You yourself, you're a disgrace. But you know what? You do what you're doing, Sha. Yeah. That's because not my like, own. Like we said, the person that you were dealing with was more powerful than you, but you had sense, Sha. You had sense. You had sense. And you went and put that poll in your bedroom because you were really trying to give him excitement in between when you're not at the office. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what funds you were working for. Where do right. You, do you know what? I can't even knock your hustle. You, she worked out she, for her. You, but, the, you know, Kevin Samuels, that fool, is always telling people to go and get high-value men. That's what she <laughs> There did. you are. That's what she... <laughs> she did just that. She took his advice, boy. He was and, holding her hand through it. And got a high-value man. But um, I really love that Dominic Cummings, Um, although I've given you a straw, and I'm, I'm sure I'm likely to give you many more. I like that him and Boris are going toe-to-toe. But Boris, Ooh. you're a very silly guy. Like, you want to go toe-to-toe. Um, you want to try and spin your own spin doctor that's no longer working with you and you're trying to come for him about, oh, well, he has text messages between myself and um, Sir Dyson um, where, you know, this was said because um, Dyson were meant to pr- provide PPE or whatever mm-hmm. during the, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. um, allegedly they said that, oh, Boris had said that he would give him a cute tax break or whatever. But people are saying that that timeline doesn't even match up, that that couldn't have been the case. But then they're saying that the person who leaked the messages between um, Sir Dyson and um, what's his name, Boris Johnson, could probably be Dominic Cummings. So Dominic Cummings went and wrote one cute blog and he was like, don't try me, Ooh. hoes. Ooh. Dominic is coming. Right? Dominic is coming. <laughs> oh, I don't even know <laughs> gonna... even... <laughs> That's what <laughs> 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 yeah. Dominic is coming, I'm telling you. <laughs> 
they're gonna be sick of us. <laughs> I am telling you, but no, he's good. He's a messy bitch. He's very messy. He's, he's a, a messy, messy, messy bitch. Messy, the girls messy. are fighting. The girls are fighting. <laughs> but they literally are, and I just think that that was a warning shot because he's very much like I'm willing to cooperate, and I have many messages. I don't have my laptop anymore from the time that I worked in government. Because I'm sure that emails were there, but I do have certain things. And why do we need to check my phone for the text messages and the WhatsApp messages? If, in fact, this was communicated to me by Boris Johnson, then surely those same messages would be on his phone. So why do you need my phone? Boris, hand over your phone. Hand over your phone. But the reason Boris wants his phone is because he knows that there are other incriminating things on there that he wants to make sure that... that don't. Yeah. No. Hand over your hand over your phone. Me that I'll download everything or upload everything onto a um, onto a computer, so then I'll have it somewhere. But since let me tell you, these you guys deleting stuff off iPhones is pointless. Oh it wow! It is pointless. Wow! It can be recovered in the like within ninety days. Wow! You permanently delete. It is pointless. Honestly, I remember when I was working at a phone shop, and then this guy, really weird guy, came into trading the phone, but he wanted to do it in a hurry. So we were all thinking, why does this guy want to trade a really good, decent phone? Why do you want to trade it in and get money for it? But anyways, he did. Shortly after, maybe, I want to say a few hours after, we had, like, literally the MI5 (gasps) guys coming in the suits. They were like, they showed us a picture. They were like, this guy just came and traded in the phone. We need that. We were like, Okay, but the, just so you know, the phone is cleared. We reset the phone. They were like, <laughs> give us the phone. Don't worry. Wow. I was like, wow. And then he was like, within 90 days, we can we can get everything we need off that phone. Anyway, this guy was part of a terrorist um, attack. Or by, terrorist by the by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, that was that. But yeah, just so you know, guys, if FYI. you're using an iPhone, it can be recovered. You just need to be in the hands of the right hacker so right yeah we'll get you boris boy but yeah it's just it's just mad to me that he's able to kind of do these things and even his pretense that he didn't know um about the european super league which i thought was hilarious also a straw to everybody that had energy to get the european super league cancelled like not happening at all but when we're speaking about racism, you don't have the same volume. Mm-hmm. They said European Super League. You lot said two days later, no, the fuck, Absolutely you know. Absolutely not. Never, okay? If you had that same energy, we wouldn't be dealing with racism. But you're like, oh, but this has to do with money. That's why people move so quickly. But racism is also about money. And the thing is, the more racism that these um your black football players are subjected to, you're going to make less money overall because they won't want to play the sport anymore. Mm-hmm. So consider that. But I think that the European Super League has been talked to death. But what I did see was that um, one of the main guys that was um, organising the whole thing, I think like Boris had had a meeting with him a few days before. So how is it that you had that meeting and you didn't know that it was coming? Or did you know that it was coming and you were aware? But when you saw the backlash, you were like, oh, no, I never... That's exactly I, what happened. Because uh, even just tying that in with the race report, you ordered the race report. They showed you before they released it. Yeah. You said, yeah, sure, And you okay. tweeted it. And yes, you tweeted it. Yes, you said, and then you distanced yourself from it. So Boris is, he's a, what's the word, reactionary? Or, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. You, you He's listening to the people. He's, he's got his ears to the streets and he's like, oh, nope, I don't want to... And he loves chaos. So after everybody's arguing, he'd be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. I don't know anything about that. And like you say, just distance himself for it, from it when Liar. he's literally the one who asked for it. So, yeah it's just nastiness everywhere but you're only going to see um boris's like real real true colors after he's like finished in office when he's chopped everybody's money oh, and he's set himself and when he up writes well that memoir. yes and when he writes that memoir when none of you can touch him none <laughs> of you can touch him he'll make sure that he's good like his money's long he, he'll he'll be fine he'll be just fine because somebody like that that manages to kind of like like kind of weave and like slime and slither his way into all these positions of power 
that's not a dumb person. That's no. not an incompetent person. No. He just acts that way. And that's why he scruffs up his hair, scruffs up his tie. Because everyone was buying into this buffoon, this silly Boris. Boris isn't silly. No. And once you realise that level of what kind of level of sinister, like that kind of like his sinister nature and you understand the depths of it, mm. you'll be scared. You should be scared mm-hmm. of Boris not laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Even the way that we call him Boris, you know, mad. Mad. Horrible name. Right. <laughs> I don't want to offend any listeners that might be called Boris, but I doubt it. Oh, God. Um. So then the Bones of Black Children, you... Oh, God. Another straw, I guess. Another straw, I guess, is in order. So, read this. It says here, Bones of Black Children Killed in Police Bombing Used in Ivy League Anthropology Course. Remains of those killed in 1985 move bombing in... um move bombing in philadelphia serve as case study in princeton backs course and the princeton backs backs course the bones of black children who died in 1985 after their home was bombed by philadelphia police in a confrontation with the black liberation group which was raising them um are being used as case study in an online forensic anthropology course presented by an ivy league professor it has emerged that the physical remains of one or possibly two of the children who were killed in the aerial bombing of the MOVE organization in um, 1980, in May 1985 have been guarded over the past 36 years in the anthropological collections of the University of Pennsylvania and Princeton. The institutions have held on to the heavily burned fragments and since 2019 have been deploying them for teaching purposes without the permission of the deceased living parents to the astonishment and dismay of present day move members some of the bones are being deployed as artifacts in an online course presented in the name of princeton and hosted by the online study platform coursera coursera uh, whatever they call themselves and real bones adventures in forensic anthropology focuses on lost personhood cases where an individual cannot be identified due to the decomposed condition of their remains it uses um, as its main case study the events of May 1985, producing as prime evidence a set of bones belonging to a girl in her teens retrieved from the ashes of the move house um, at 6221 Osage Avenue in Philadelphia. The revelation comes just days before Philadelphia stages its first official day of remembrance over the 1985 bombing following a formal apology issued by the city council last year. The disclosure, first uh, first reported by the local news outlet, um, also by local news outlet, also lands in the middle of a fevered debate over academia's handling of African American remains that have um, has been rocket charged by the nationwide racial reckoning in the wake of George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis last year by a police officer. Um, on May thirteenth, nineteen eighty five, Philadelphia police dropped a bomb from a helicopter onto the roof of a communal house occupied by members of Move, an organization that bore comparison to the Black Panthers combined with back to nature environmental activism. In the ensuing inferno, the Move house was as well as the entire surrounding neighborhood was razed to the ground. Eleven pe- people linked to the group were killed. Among them were five children aged seven to fourteen. Last year, the city apologised formally for the immeasurable and enduring harm caused in the bombing, paving the way to this year's inaugural commemoration. The forensic anthropology course in which the bones of a moved child are being used has almost 5,000 enrolled students. It was filmed in February 2019 and is taught by Jeanette Monge, Monge um, <laughs> an, an adjunct professor in anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania and a visiting professor in the subject in the same subject at Princeton. Um, 
So you, um, what's your 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 name here? Um, Mon Monge or Mong or whatever they want. Not Mong, Monge or Monge, whatever they want to call you. You can suck your mother for eternity. Ooh. Yeah, Janet. You can suck your mother for intern for eternity. I hope that you can go and dig up her remains and then you can suck her dry. Mm. Because when we talk about science, when we talk about the um the educational institution being um racist, inherently racist, this is exactly what we mean. If you were to find, for instance, I don't know, the we I know that you lot are still holding out hope that she's al- she's alive. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, Madeline McCann is dead. You find her bones. Hypothetically, so. <laughs> hypothetically speaking. Um, if you find her bones, hypothetically, would sh- her bones be used as part of a course, as part of an anthropology course? Would her bones be used without the consent of her parents? <laughs> Those parents. <laughs> anyway, would her bones be used without the consent of her parents? Probably never. It's the same way that um, Venus Hottentop, Sarah Bartman, mm-hmm. um, that's what they called her, that um, Parading horrendous her name. In the zoo. Parading her around, but also you had her labia on show, you had her skeleton on show in uh, museums in France for a very, very long time. What white woman's bones have you had on show? What white woman's labia have you had on show like that? And thanks, no, her labia was even stored in a jar, I think. Like her whole body dissected after she died. Mm-hmm. Woefully poor after you've paraded her up and down Europe. Fuck you. Henrietta Lacks, her cells that you've used for the your modern day scientific and med, um, you know, uh, medical innovations to cure various um, diseases and such like, and to be able to research various diseases because of the regenerative nature of her cells. You didn't even let her family know that you were using her cells in that way. She didn't even provide herself to you to be used in that way. And that was John Hopkins. So From the university? Yeah. Oh, wow. So when we look at these universities and when people talk about, oh, the fact that, oh, well, yeah, they were racist back in the day, but, you know, that's back in the day. No, we're talking about right now. We're talking about right now. You wouldn't be able to have the prestige and the reputation that you have if it wasn't for the things that you've done in the past and the things that you did in the past were mainly done to black and brown people. So let's talk about it and indigenous people right so let's talk about that so the fact that something horrendous like this could have happened in 1985 that's not long ago like that's a year before i was born that's not long ago and you've got this little girl's remains instead of you seeing in some way what can be done to lay her body to rest after the police fucking bombed like raised the ground the entire neighborhood such a violent act you're not even thinking after george floyd like rah Maybe we should take this course down. Maybe this shouldn't be happening because we know that it was filmed in 2019. But after the George um, Floyd um, George Floyd murder in 2020, and all of you talking about your listening and learning, surely someone should have gone raw. I don't think that we should keep this course going I like think this. This is very inappropriate, right? But no, you've continued. You've continued, and five thousand students enrolled. So I don't know for all of you that enrolled. <laughs> if you didn't, you weren't aware. All of you, that's five thousand stores for all of your mothers as well. Let's go there. But I'm just disgusted at the way that science like totally continues to dehumanize black people's bodies um, while we're alive and when we've died. And I'm not saying black bodies because people are like, oh, would stop saying black bodies, say black people. Black people's bodies being dehumanized by science. This is a problem. Science wouldn't be where it is if it were not for the black people's bodies that were experimented on often without their consent. Pretty much all of them without their consent. Yeah. Right. 
Like, imagine they got a helicopter. The Philadelphia police got the got a helicopter and dropped bombs. Children were in there. Children were in there. Not that it's like, oh, well, you know, every people were in there, but it's the fact that little children were in there. Nah, I'm, I'm, oh, oh. And then you want to talk about, oh, well, the thing we need to do with the police is about reform. This isn't about reform. This is about defunding. This is about abolishing. Because this was just 36 years ago that that was done and numerous things have been done since. So the very nature of the police is to go against black resistance, is to go against anything that even um, insinuates black liberation. Why is that? Because their whole purpose was to be able to, in when we're talking about in the American sense, they they were just they were slave patrols yeah, looking after white property. Right, simply so. So, yeah, Janet Monge, whatever they call you, suck your mother for eternity. Um, and the the institutions, Corsa rather, are you even allowed for this course to go ahead? All of you can suck your mothers, please. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I'm just disgusted. It's just it is disgusting. To it makes my belly turn. Oh. Um, and I guess finally, um, Nancy Pelosi. Oh. So as we were just talking about George Floyd, have you got the video up? I do. Um, as we were just talking about George Floyd and um, his murder, we know that we um, Derek Chauvin has now been um, convicted. Yes, on guilty all three on counts. All three counts. Yes. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Yep. And he genuinely looks stunned. And I know that we have to be care- um, careful about the memification of everything that happens in society. Mm-hmm. But I did find it hilarious that even with his mask on, his eyes said everything. Yeah, his, his he eyes did was say everything. shocked. But what, what I quite liked about the moment, just in terms of the moment, was that the shock didn't hit him straight away. No. So you see the moment you're talking about was actually well after. The, I'm sure it was like, maybe it was probably the third guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's actually thinking, hold on, white privilege didn't actually see me through this time yeah and people so relieved and you know that's a you know there are so many facets to this i keep using the word facet but i love it at the moment um but you know there are so many layers to what we're dealing with right now right and so people are like though this isn't um justice this is accountability some people like this isn't even accountability rare 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 what we need to understand is before we even get to nancy pelosi is that this one we've got a conviction we still got to wait for sentencing maybe we don't know when that's happening but still got to wait for sentencing um and then um white supremacy is also always willing to sacrifice one person if we're talking about sacrificing they're always willing to sacrifice one person and act like they are one that they distance themselves from that person yeah. they act like the person is a monster yeah the they literally everything that is that happens in racism they will literally put onto that person yes. they'll project onto this one white person and say he is to blame yes He's not representative of the entire police no. force. He's not... Um, one represent- bad apple. Yes, one bad apple. But forget that. They say one bad apple ruins the bunch. He falls. Mm-hmm. But what gets me about that is that, yeah, they're willing to do that. And But he didn't get the memo. You know, sometimes they get the memo that we're going to sacrifice you, baby boy, for, you know, not baby boys and baby girls and baby non-binaries in, in, in our sense, but for them, you know. They're like, look, we need to sacrifice you. And they're like, they're up for that. They're like, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm I'm down. I will do this. I will do this for the cause, you know, to keep white supremacy going. I will definitely do this. But he was not, they did not give him that memo. And so that is a shame. Shocked. Yep. But yeah, like we said, guilty on all three charges. Now, this Nancy thought that it would be a good idea to react to the um, results. Right. To react, react to the verdict. If, yeah, even before Nancy, at the same time, Makia Bryant was shot 
Oh, by the police. One. I just thought, like, let's quickly mention that because fuck you to anybody who's like, oh, well, this is different to George Floyd's situation because she was brandishing a knife. From what we understand, she was being pursued by older, by, by bigger women. No, 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 no. So actually, what's, she was, she's, she's one of three foster children. Yes. Right? She's one of three foster children. She was having an argument with the two other foster sisters yes. who claimed that Makia yeah. wasn't keeping the house tidy enough. Right. So they've had, they've had several different arguments before, like, you know, but this, this time right. it got really out of hand. Now, what had happened this time was that they had the argument. Um, Makia called the police. Yeah. And said that this is what was happening. They all, from what I understand, I think, Maybe one of them didn't live there, but they're all they're all kind of related yes, through the foster yes, ship, yes. if that's the word, right word. So we already have to look at the system so of fostering have, as yeah. what, what's happening there and There's how that. it's serving the people it's meant to be protecting. But yeah, right. So then from the body cam video, you see the police showing up to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the girls in pink, one of the foster sisters running kind of like towards the car. Nakia mm-hmm. has then run towards her, brandishing this knife. Before you know it, four shots. She's gone. Wow, and it wasn't a knife, knife. No, it was a knife. Like a like a proper like a, um a sharp big knife. Why you, could see, you could see it. Yeah, it's a knife. It was a knife. Now here's the thing, right? This is my thing with this. Like I'm very, I don't think I don't think we should ever compare because when we compare, we lose some of the weight that some of these cases hold. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so 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 sometimes we're comparing it and we're 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 we're, we're um what's the word? I'm looking. You're kind flattening of flattening the experiences exactly, yeah, yeah. Of, 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 the, of, of each individual. Of each thing. individual. Yeah, yeah. So if we look at is this just case by case? For me, for this Makia one, is is a case of excessive force that police have used on black people for since the beginning. But that's the same as the George Floyd. Yeah, but with the, the George Floyd thing, he should have never been on his neck. Do you get what I mean? Like, I, I get what you mean. Obviously, it comes out to excessive force, but he should have never been on his neck. Now, with this Makia one, where I'm looking at it from is that okay. He needs to stop this. He needs to protect the girl in pink from potentially getting stabbed. Right. right. So based on their training, he needs to shoot. He didn't need to shoot four times. He did not need to shoot that girl four times. If you have to, if you have to convince me that he needed to shoot, right? right. And then I agreed. I can. I'm still saying he did not need to shoot her four times. But if you look at the video, but you can kill someone with one shot anyway, right? Fine. But it's also depending right. on where you're aiming. But then right. it comes down to. What are they trained to do? The police are trained to kill. That's that's absolutely But fucked. the thing is, no, but then why I just disagree wholeheartedly is because they managed to um, apprehend mass shooters who have not dropped the gun. They have not dropped the gun. Mm-hmm. They managed to apprehend mass shooters alive without shooting them at all. At all. Not mm-hmm. one shot. She has a knife. Right? Mm-hmm. And I've also seen videos of when white men have had knives bigger knives and that's what i wanted you to say when you were clarifying you were like no she had a knife knife Mm -hmm. cool there have been men who have had swords machetes Mm -hmm. they've managed to apprehend them alive even dylan roof they took to burger king they took dylan roof to burger king on his way because oh he was cooperating she called you so if she's the one that called you she was in some distress already yeah who hasn't ran out in the street with a knife But I have in Peckham. Fine. You know? Fine. But what I'm saying is that you can be in such a state of distress, right, that it's just wild to me that that we can look at that and be like, but she, and again, we're talking about the Philadelphia police who dropped bombs in a place where seven to 14-year-olds were living, right? She was how old? 16? 15. 15. 16, 15, Child. I'm, I couldn't bear to watch the video, but I was, and I couldn't even bear to watch her TikToks. Mm. This was just a little child. 
you didn't there was no need and the fact that she called she called because she was scared she called because she was frustrated she called because which i guess why which is why she felt like she needed to have the knife to protect herself so imagine the thing that you're using to protect yourself and then they see you my whole point is they are trained they are very well trained to be able to de-escalate situations and they would have been able to get that knife away from her the shooting was the fact that black girls black women are not valued in that way black people are not valued full stop he saw her brandishing that knife and literally all he saw was an animal if, it, if it, just from my recollections from the video, there was no, even before I think he shot, he hasn't actually even said, take, get the, okay. uh, um, like, put um, it down, put it down yeah. whatever. Yeah, he hasn't said any of that. My concern was, is that like, she's seen them pull up. Yes. Right. I'm not like, look, this is not a butt situation. This isn't like, oh, she shouldn't have done this. I'm none, it's none of that. It's like, at the end of the day, that girl should have never died. She should she should yeah. have never shot the gun. That's, that's that fact. It's just concerning that as soon as he pulls up or when they pull up, She's not stopping. So what's that? What that's telling me is that she's in a rage. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? She's in an absolute rage. So there's just commotion going on. He shot her and he continues shooting her. And that's just where you get that sick feeling. But and then, then, the, and then the, the, the girl in pink, the foster daughter, has now called the mum and said, hey, this is what's happened. Right. But the thing is, it's rage. It's rage from a 14-year-old girl that only has a knife. She did not come out and she had a gun. So that's why I keep bringing it about, back to the George Floyd situation, how it cannot be separate. Because the moment we, in fact, do start separating it, what we're going to find is that the inherent misogynoir that exists in society will always mean that there's a justification for why it happened to the black girls. We, Breonna Taylor didn't have a knife. Breonna Taylor didn't have a gun. Where is her justice still? Certain people, manner. Are still, people are still posting her picture like, Breonna, I'm just like, guys, like we need to, pre- we need to keep... Our foot on their necks. Like, right. What are you doing? Right. And mean. and and even one of the guys, he's wanting to have a book. We talked about it last week. He's coming out with a book. So you kill a black girl, you kill a black woman, and you get a book deal. Mm. You know, you shoot a, and kill a black woman. The shots that you are actually charged for are and but you're you're acquitted of is the shots that went into the wall, mm. not the the shots that you literally missed that did not go into her. And so there, there's so much there when we look at misogyny and we just look at the double standards because. You didn't need to shoot, um, shoot four times. You didn't need to continue shooting the same way that the, um, Derek Chauvin did not need to continue kneeling For on George Floyd. minutes. Right, right. And when he arrived, he was like, oh, we were arriving because he, we heard that he was, you know, out of it and he was doing this and he was doing that, whatever. There's always a justification. But the fact that breaks my heart is that she called because she was clearly scared. Yes. She was clearly scared. So if she did run out with the knife, she was already not even in a state of state of rage. To me, she was in a state of distress. If it was rage, I don't think she would have called the police. It was a state of distress. And so she's run out and she's in that state only to be met with. And I feel like it's the same thing for so many black girls growing up in a society that you show the world you're hurt and they kill you for it. Like, or they silence you for it. Like, I know that feeling viscerally. So to see that happen to her, I was just like, nah, this is absolutely fucked but i just wanted to you know bring that in there that anybody that's looking for any difference the only difference you should see is clearly that when it's black women and little black girls the energy is not consistent at all even Mm. the people that i see posting about it the celebrities that are posting they can post about george floyd i I even i've also got to say this as well because i know that we're running really over but i have a issue with the celebrities that chose to post pictures of george floyd when the conviction happened and they chose the picture of him in a tuxedo or some kind of suit so even with the aesthetics of your page i know that he wore it yeah. like i know that he wasn't imagined that he wore it but of all the pictures again it's how you're presenting him to the world and everyone talking about oh you know 
innocent this, innocent that. I don't give a fuck about innocence. Honestly, I've got to be honest with you. I don't give a shit about innocence. My issue is the fact that when non-innocent white people do this shit, they are apprehended alive. Yeah. And the police fact, know how to do their job. Right. And to, for me, the issue is the fact that you're likely to find black people who are quote unquote not innocent because of the systemic and institutional um, obstacles that they have faced. So they're not going to fit into your model of innocence because they haven't had the privilege of having a life where they haven't had to make a choice. Right. So then, which is why I guess some people feel the need to now find a picture of him in a suit. Okay. Look, I'm fine with George Floyd, that picture of George Floyd in his cap, just by the street with a drink in his hand, because that was him. Right. That was him. He didn't need to die because he was him. But, but yeah, no, I, 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 I just feel like the only thing I'm saying with the Makia Bryant, Bryant situation is that you're going to find that it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of conversation around it simply because of that knife and the way she's running at that girl with the knife. That's which is I'm fine saying, for which me, is, which I which yeah. I get, but I again, but I guess I feel like we're, we're looking at. And uh, do you only have a gun? I mean, I don't agree with tasers either. Either, but do you only have a gun? Yeah, exactly. You see, they always pull for the guns. That's, that's it. Comes to me from excessive forces. Like when you see black, when you see a black person, a talkless of a black person angry, all you're seeing is an animal. Yeah, that is all you're seeing. An animal that needs to be subdued. And even but when, even when they were quote unquote subduing um George Floyd, he was literally crying out for his mum. And this is what I hate that Nancy Pelosi even mentions that she mentions that and oh. she thinks it's cute. Should anyway, let's. Get into it. Yeah, let me let me let me play the clip because we're putting this up, haven't we? Cool. Thank you, George Floyd. Oh, again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe, but because of you, and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out justice your name will always be synonymous oh. you see it's such a she 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 would never get it she would never get it but it's such a sick thing to say it's incredibly to, sick to, 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 to say oh the way he called out his mom that was horrifying for all of us it's as in all of us so... as in black people that was absolutely horrifying when we call out for our mom we are in serious serious trouble in need of help especially when we are 40 or 50 still calling out for our mom and that is not mom cute passed away she? I, I think she did yeah that um we'll come back to that yeah. I, that is that is not cute it's not it's not a, it's not a, a lovely moment so for her to say that it's just like but this is the thing this is how you know even when some of these people even when like the white people kind of get it a little bit yeah they're still desensitized they're still removed from it because it's like we're like we're talking about it's a black people's bodies if it was a white girl if it was a white blonde girl you wouldn't be you wouldn't or if you even got to say that you would have delivered that and cried yes because it would be so emotional for you you wouldn't say like oh cutie like do you get what i mean that's how she said it and it's so insulting so it's just the whole thing has just been horrific and this is a democrat Right. This is a Democrat. This is why I say black black Americans, you guys have nowhere to turn. I'm sorry for you. Literally, you guys have nowhere to turn. Literally. Where so, do we even have to turn ourselves into? <laughs> <in? laughs> exactly. Where do we have to Where turn? Where do we have to turn? <laughs> but no, I get it. And then Charlemagne says it all the time. Like, black Americans need to stop feeling like they need to just pick Democrats. Yeah. Because... Same as Labour. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... But fuck you, Kevin bub- Bubbly Cock. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like both parties they're not none of them have ever been for black people just one of them is more not as racist that's literally all you're getting and not as overtly even, that yeah exactly and that's even debatable so the, the nancy pelosi speech that, that that made my belly turn and again it contributes to this whole idea that you're just not seeing black people as human beings you're just not because if you did that moment would have you it would have 
even you wouldn't have even been able to recall it. It would have made you choke up. I don't even want to speak about him calling out to his mum because oh. I've been, I when I'm in situations where I feel like I'm maybe like a a, a car is gonna hit me or I don't Possibly, know just some yeah. random situation. Yeah. I always my, I always think about my mum. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I never want to put myself in a position where a grown man, a big grown man, is on the floor calling out to his mum. He's that he's on his last. Oh. He, he knew what was happening. Do you get what I mean? He knew what was gonna happen. So. Yeah, Nancy can from me anyways. Nancy, you can suck your mum. I'm, I'm likely that your mum's not around, Nancy. So yeah, that's even better. To, that's better. Dig her up. Please and yeah, send a soul her. all the way down to the grave. Please do please, that. Please, because that was horrible. Let, let suck out her sacrifices. That was horrible. Because to me, it's just like a massive fuck you. A massive fuck you. You you sacrifices. You lot that didn't have energy to. You didn't have the vim for for Trump. Trump went and 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 was happy to let those um those um those wayward unwashables go and storm the Capitol building. And you lot couldn't impeach him. You tried twice and you couldn't even bring yourself to do it. And you're all flip floppers mar- marching through the hall as yes. though you're as though you're Destiny's child, thinking right. you're doing something. You ain't this shit. You know, kneeling, do going kneeling and you wearing know, kente cloth. Ah, oh, everything performative. You little bitches. Look, the only way Nancy can make this, but you have to wear a full on ghillie. <laughs> I want to see you in a full on ghillie. <laughs> Don't tempt her because someone will tell she her and she'll will, do it. Yeah, so e- it's so easy for them because they can do everything but the actual thing that needs to be done. Yes, because it's all empty. Which words is to denounce white supremacy, and you don't want to. De- you don't want to denounce white supremacy. and a very big tool of white supremacy is to make you feel like black people need to be sacrificing themselves for the for the good of all that one day we will learn one day we will learn thank you because of what you did your name will be synonymous with justice fuck you because the justice still hasn't arrived how many people have died before george floyd how many people have been murdered before george Wasn't floyd it the day after the trial makia happened and then we had a, another one i don't want i never want to get names wrong but there was another one where they've shot this boy in the toilet Okay. In the school, in the school toilet, really? you probably haven't heard about. No, that I one. saw the picture. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. shot him in the school. This was all in the week yeah. of when justice apparently was served. Yeah, so, Makias was on the day of the conviction. Oh, there you go. And so, to me, it's just like nothing is changing. But you're having us believe that. Oh well, he died for something. No, he didn't want he didn't. to die. Same as Martin Luther King. Same as Malcolm X. None of them asked to be shot up. None of them no. asked to be killed. None of them asked for their necks to be kneeled on. Nobody asked for that. So stop making it out like oh, the, the, oh, Martin Luther King didn't die for this. Yeah, of course he didn't die for that because he didn't. He shot him in the face. He didn't want to fucking die, die for, for anything. anything. There isn't any way that this world can change that will make me feel like. Anybody's George, death. Yeah, yeah, anybody's death was over there. I, in, in, in any case, I will always maintain that George Floyd should should never have died. At he all. should never have died. If we have to choose a, a, a world of change of George Floyd back, let's have George Floyd back. Yeah. Because why, why does someone life. have to die? Why does a black person have to die for the world to change? Why does a black person have to die? Because no none of you are dying for the changes that right. you so badly want. Right. You're, you're fine there. So if black the people sacrifice. Have, right. So if black people have to die, let the world stay how it is. We'll right. all be looking at each other. <laughs> no, we'll all be looking at each other there because I'm not I'm not giving anyone up. Imagine yeah. to die and then and then the, it's not like next day the, the change comes. It, we still right. have the, and other people will die also but before that change comes god forbid but it's the reality of the situation that we find ourselves in thank you for your sacrifice as if he was willing as if he said oh yes derek come and kneel on my come and kneel on my neck no you want to do eight minutes 46 no 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 what's it you want to you want you want to do seven minutes 46 no let's do eight eight minutes 46 go for it and they actually ended up finding out it was a whole nine minutes and it was a nine minutes there you go 
Oh, Nancy, that's there you go. Just, that was just, yeah, it's just, it's just upsetting. And black Americans are going through But it. it's important to also note that it's a white woman saying this, mm. yeah? It's a white woman saying this. Who has also lived, old enough to live through the the peak of racism. Right. Is it even right to call it the peak of racism? I feel like we're in the peak of racism now, probably. We're like, always I, in the peak we don't, of it. Yeah, we're always in the peak of it. Yeah. But she was there, she was around during the Rodney King. She was, she was around, Nancy can't lie and say she wasn't around when the first black women went to a school. Yeah. She was definitely there. She yeah. was around in 1950s. She was, you know, she's a baby boomer, no? She's right there, right yeah. there, right so there. So the you time. saw all of those racist acts, and you're going to turn around and oh, and thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice. And this is the way that you, with again, we're talking about white supremacy and the tools that it uses. This is the way that you start rewriting history. That oh well, you know, he sacrificed himself so we could all be better. He's not Jesus Christ. He did not. He nope. did not sacrifice himself. Nope. He did not ask for this. He left his house that day thinking that he was going to go home. Yep. George, he did not... Floyd, George Floyd was high on some drugs. He was going to get some alcohol. He was probably even going to get higher during the day. Mm. That was what he wanted to do. Yes. To do. It was his prerogative. Yes. Not to have somebody come and kneel on his neck. Some <laughs> depraved human come and kneel, kneel on his neck. Some some nasty savage. That's not what he asked for. So it's not a sacrifice. And, oh, he called out for his mom. Wasn't that heartbreaking? Well, who are you? You're talking about it like you were watching a TV series. Let's and that kneel was on the, your neck, Nancy. And you called out for your was, mom. Right. If it was one of your daughters, you lot would not be keeping this go. energy. You would not. Let's, let's reframe it. Your daughter gets killed because i have to say daughter because even with the, the guys it's not going to hit you mm-hmm. your daughter gets ne- her neck kneeled on by by the um, by a police officer this the end the end because from that point onwards nothing nothing the police force everything is going nothing is continuing thereafter but let's say it did continue has a neck knelt and knelt on for um for nine minutes and then you know, all of this happens, people march and everything else and we get a conviction, then you want to come out. Somebody comes out and says, oh, but you know what? Your daughter made a lovely sacrifice for us because through her, we all marched out and now we know that we should be doing better. Meanwhile, nobody's actually doing better. You would be enraged. You would be disgusted that they would even try to use her death, her murder in that way. You would not have any of it. But for some for some reason, it's okay when it's black people because this is just your lot in life to always be the sacrificial lambs for the enlightenment of the of the you know of the um, oppressive class. No, go and enlighten yourselves without involving us. Go and do that. Fuck off. Because every enlightenment period that you've had has been to the detriment of marginalized communities. Fuck off. Yes. Fuck off. So no Nancy more. Pelosi, go suck your mother. Yes, please. With a with a huge big straw. Let me tell you this now. No more education. Yes. No more edu- education. No. <laughs> no. No. Never. 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 Suck your mum as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but you know what? That is that for this week. Yes. Um, all of the things that needed to be said have been said. I think we we're going to talk about that FedEx mass tutor and people writing about he loved my little pony. And you just thought, you know what, whatever. That, I hope that was satirical anyway. But anyway, that's that for oh, um, this week's episode. I really enjoyed this one. Yes. My little soundbite. Yes. So more soundbites <laughs> yes, to come. Yes, yes. <laughs> Expect that from us, guys. Yes. But, yes. but yeah, that's it. I hope you um, all look after yourselves. Have a wonderful week. I have been Kalechi. And me, Sadie. And this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? that's right suck your mum and yeah you can get me on at collection of coffee at say your mind pod you can follow me on twitter and instagram at sadiko jn yes thank you to better help for sponsoring this episode thank you to sharice for talking to us about black lives matter in music mm-hmm. in the survey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can um, join me on patreon.com forward slash kalechi okafor for um tarot readings and just general bits anyway that's that see you later Bye. peace 
It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Happy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sippy here Hard time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind